Welcome to PM and the PM. Welcome to PM and the PM. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, ladies and gentlemen, just, boys and girls, just if you're awake. I was getting getting everything set up. Um, I guess some background information since y'all had to listen to some mute as we got into the intro of the show. Um, guys, I got a new setup going on. Um, well, really a new setup, but I got some new monitors, so I got everything set up for that. I did a lot of wire routing over the over this week. So, I guess for some reason OBS reset my my hardware for whatever reason. So I don't know what's whatever's going on with that, but everything seems to be working well now. So that's nice. You're recording? How are y'all doing? Yes, we are recording. So they okay. were able to see that live. Uh, we aren't missing that. So that's a good thing. Uh, how are y'all feeling this morning? Let's start off with that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, how are y'all feeling today? Hey, chat. Can you let us know if you can hear us now, please? Um, and now roll into the intro uh, for those on the audio side. Thank you for listening to episode 46 of the living split screen morning show podcast, whatever that you want to classify us as uh, give us a few moments here. I'll full roll into the full intro. Um, once I find out whether the chat can hear us, please let us know in chat whether you can hear us. Shout out to OCD, Matt Barnes, fat boy, Ahara, HTK 360, Smitty smith nice smitty said we he can hear us hopefully you're we're coming in crispy i'm gonna now start the video side of it um ladies and gentlemen boys and girls welcome to episode 46 of the living split screen morning show um again like i was stating earlier i gotta did some new things with the setup got some new monitors and whatnot um wanted to kind of downsize from the 42 47 inch that i had down to a 32 inch and a 24 inch monitor uh so i'm now dual screening um and i also got my webcam uh flipped upside down uh while i was arguing with pong in the background wasn't really arguing but uh he didn't want to see me upside down uh you're muted on my side on, on your side pong yeah i know i know uh, i'm just okay, laughing okay okay, okay. <laughs> um just wanted to make sure it wasn't any more technical issues no nobody but, nobody needs to hear my cackling okay all right let's go <laughs> but um yeah but i have my webcam flipped upside down but now everything is good so everything is looking great so amazing uh to start off with again yes welcome to episode 46 uh we are sponsored and hosted by midweek mix-up collective shout out to the gentleman over there and uh mainly wandering dutch for uh welcoming more people in i believe our most recent addition is going to be is big cloud gaming shout out to him brother um amazing gentleman definitely more so on the Sony front of things, but uh, he's an excellent gentleman um, as far as keeping everything fair, keeping everything in between. At the end of the day, uh, he understands what it means to just be a gamer, talk about games, talk about the industry. So definitely check him out if you guys get a chance to. Um, the other thing, too, is today, 
Um, I wanted to get some Elden Ring gameplay for y'all in the background, but unfortunately, uh, I didn't record the gameplay that I had with my brother. That was going to be the main crux of it. I had about three hours, three to four hours that I ended up rocking together with him. Um, since a lot of people were actually ex experiencing issues with the co-op, um, I, I wanted to get that, but unfortunately, I don't. And I, instead, I do have some, and Pong's gonna like this, some Anvil gameplay uh, for you guys in the background today. Uh, again, uh, yeah. Anvil is another one of those. If you're into Diablo-style games, if you're into roguelike games, uh, the, uh, Anvil is definitely one of those. You have different characters that you can choose from. Uh, you got different worlds that you go to, and the whole objective is get, to get through it the best you can now you do get upgrades as you go um just kind of like you would in hades or anything else like that but they don't carry over uh the one thing that you do end up getting uh are these points like skill points or whatever that you do end up unlocking now you don't get it every run um sometimes you get it every other run or every few runs depending on how far you leveled up um this is on a higher level that i believe this is on a third we're, we're between the second and third world on this so just to kind of give you guys some perspective on that but it is an amazing game um especially for that isometric kind of gameplay um it's amazing top down uh cool abilities cool characters uh the story building's all right i mean it's a, kind of your typical thing um where we're on a hostile planet coming to take over we were getting killed and we found out a way to be able to respawn ourselves so that we can fight off these aliens so uh, but with that being said now uh, I am one of your hosts steel rain for those who don't know or may be new here again welcome to living split screen we are a non-console eccentric platform where we cover everything that's going on in the industry and as I say take that RTS view that real-time strategy view pulling ourselves out of the world and looking at those deeper um, and darker crevices that a lot of people may not look into so we tend to come from different angles um, we also do some things differently here um, like the, our this day and gaming segment and our upcoming game because gaming is art and should be treated as such um six slayer what's going on dan the man cunningham what's going on nicks uh what's going on shouting out some few people real quick black card victor click matt barnes ham solo he said he's driving for six hours and he's ready to listen uh shout out to you man another yeah um check out ham solo gaming also he had an awesome interview that he did with pong definitely check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about pong always find out that Pong's backstory is always an amazing thing. He always comes from a different angle every time. Uh, so that's always an awesome thing to see. Uh, but now it's got, I have to pass it off to one of the most uncanny gentlemen that you will ever mind. And speaking of uncanny, they're bringing back the 90s X-Men. So I'm so excited for that. Um, my brother from another, the one and only Pong Soul. What's going on, my guy? Good morning, gamers. What's going on? Welcome to Living Split Screen. We are back. It is Saturday morning, and you know, you know, Steele and I have got a lot to talk about. What a great, 100%. well, I shouldn't say a great week. It was a busy uh, week. We yeah. were we were just talking, <laughs> man. Like, it was crazy. Like, new, like Steele and I were kind of, you know, you know how we do. Steele and yeah. I, we don't, we don't have it all planned out how we're going to do the Saturday morning Tough. thing. So, but we were talking. We were talking in the background, and I'm like, oh, Steele. We could talk about the, you know, Call of Duty not being annual anymore. And he's like, yeah. man, we already do. That was like a couple. I'm like, no, that was that was Tuesday. That was Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of week Fucking it's crazy, been because it, it, it was crazy to, to think about that. So, yeah, been a crazy, crazy week. Uh, obviously, uh, Elden Ring has taken the world by storm. Oh, it's exciting. Uh, man. 
and I jumped in. Uh, for anybody who follows me on Twitter, you know I jumped in. Uh, I've been saying this was going to be my final Souls game. I was I was wavering if I was going to do it day one or not. And um, I said, uh, I said, screw it. Uh, and I did it. And uh, obviously, so we've been rocking on that. Uh, obviously, been rocking on some cyberpunk as well uh, this week, uh, continuing that journey. Uh, and then we did some Dying Light 2 last weekend again. So, yeah. uh, but, it, but it is definitely Elden Ring season uh, here on Living Split Screen and pretty much everywhere that I see on Twitter, everybody's jumping into this game. So that's what I've been doing this week, Steel. Otherwise, you know what? Just, uh, you know, even on the slow news weeks, like I said, even on what we consider slow news weeks now, there's a lot of stuff that comes out, a yeah. lot of little tidbits. There's so much movement right now in this industry. Uh, it's so much fun, man. It's so much fun. But I'm glad everybody in chat. Thank you for all joining us this morning. Love to see all the familiar faces here. Please share this out. Hit that like button. It does help us. Again, Please. we are on mission 1K. Steel 100%. thinks we can do two. I think it doesn't matter. But does not matter where we get, but we... Here. We're just building this community uh, over here on Living Split Screen. And again, Steel and I only do one show a week. You know, that's not that's not the that's not the proper way you're supposed to build a YouTube channel, right? right. I I know all this. I everybody will tell you you got to do more. Well, Steel and I just don't have an opportunity to do more right now. So other than what we got going on, so you know, here we are one one day a week. So share us out, get some more people in here because uh, this is what we love to do, and we right. want to you know we want to get. We want to reach those two, three billion people, like Steele says, just Hell like yeah. Phil and his team, right? Yeah. So, so get that out there. But we love you all. Thank you for being here and joining us. We got a lot to get into. So, Steel, Steel, Steel. Where are we going? We're gonna just jump right into games well, this week. Yeah, we're gonna jump into this uh to the upcoming game segment. Um, I do believe we talked a little bit last night. Um, after our upcoming game segment, you could definitely tell the people what you've learned from the community this week. Um, I feel like that's gonna be an integral part because we kind of it was a little bit of smoke I started with last night. You were like, Yeah, I gotta I gotta I got a few things to say about that. <laughs> so I, I definitely want to hear that so we can talk about that a little bit because again, um, we don't just give you news here, man. Like, and it's not just about oh, this happened this week so we're going to talk about this exact thing no the reason a lot of the time uh the biggest reason our shows end up being three plus hours is because for lack of a better term because of the show being organic we, we're we don't plan it behind the scene um we're literally off the cuff and i think one of the most amazing things is like me and paul kind of playing catch up throughout the week and what I like about the uh, this, <laughs> what he's done with, uh, what he's learned through the community, even though we've also called it the get some uh, get some help segment or whatever the case <laughs> might be, is that it does give us kind of a chance to bounce off each other what we have seen throughout the different communities and just kind of talk through what's kind of happened throughout the week and just kind of give you guys a little bit something different than you would normally get anywhere else. I know a lot of other people kind of rush past like, oh, let's just talk about this real quick. No, I mean, we genuinely like talking about this stuff. We also like just chopping it up with each other because we don't get that much time to do it most of the time. So, um, yeah, hopefully you guys love that. Definitely hit that like button, share us out. Um, it helps us out a lot. But let's get into these upcoming games, man. Let's let's do let's do that. Let's do this. So, uh, of course, we start on the last day of this month, February the twenty eighth, uh, which has nothing releasing. So we are right into March this week, bro. We are just this We're year. Steamroll. Is, it's it's steamrolling, bro. Like, I'm telling damn. you, like I I I get I get used to it. 
because I get as you get older right. and your kids grow up, the years fly by, time flies by faster. And I think most people agree on that. Yeah. Um, so I've gotten gotten sure. used to it, but it 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 just it continues to speed up every year. The year you know, every time I get older, man, it just it flies by each and every time. Time just does not slow down. So exactly. March. First, uh, let's see. That is Tuesday, and we've got a, hey. a game, a sequel that is near and dear uh, to me, even though I have not finished the first one yet. Shocking. I know uh, Pong hasn't finished a game. That's the way I roll, but I still love games, and I still love the experiences I have, and I want to get back to the first one. But Elix 2 is coming out March the 1st. If you are a double A rpg open world lover like i am right check out elix or check out elix too some people can hop into sequels and it doesn't matter where you start you can again it's not it is a direct sequel but you don't elix isn't so like so crazy that you need to play the first one to jump right. into the second one. You can definitely jump in and get the gist of the gist of the story right so so definitely think about this Again, we've got a million games out there, but if you're one of those people like me that grazes no matter what, hey, Elix 2 might be up your alley. This is by Piranha Bytes. Uh, again, a great little double A developer uh, who does really cool things in their games. They can be janky. They can have the bugs that a double A does, especially in open world RPG settings. However, there's a lot of greatness to find in there. And Elix 1 was definitely a sleeper uh, that a lot of people, once they picked it up, said, you know what, besides all the, you know, glitches and stuff right. and weird things that happen, this is a great game. Uh, it's a fun game. And so Elix 2 definitely is out up your alley, uh, published by THQ Nordic, uh, of course, a part of the, the Embracer Empire, <laughs> right? It was so, the same team that made, THQ Nordic made uh, Biomune yep. 2, right? Yeah, correct. They publish well, Biomutant. Publish it. Publish it. Yeah. yeah, publish it. Yep, correct. Yep, and that's what THQ is doing here. So yeah, Piranha Bytes yeah. is, is the developer. But yeah, it's coming out on everything. PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, Elix 2. Really, really cool kind of combo platter. You can... I won't I won't go on a rant here, but anyways, Elix, you can it, there's a lot of different combinations you can deep. do. The classes are very the classes are very distinct uh that you can build. Um, so it it's got sci-fi, it's got magic, it's got a little bit of everything. So very cool game. Uh check out Elix 2 for sure. Uh then we've got far changing tides, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. This is an indie. A game that uh, we've seen um, okay. in some of the the uh, like uh, idea at Xbox uh, showcases. Familiar. And uh, this uh, actually, I played the demo uh, during the idea at Xbox demo week, uh, which they release you know whatever it is like forty plus demos. Right. I-, I played this one. Awesome, awesome. The art direction in this again very unique. That's why I love indie titles. Like you think you've seen it all, but somebody comes nah. in. Yeah, they come in with a little twist, right? Yeah. So yeah, you're basically on this ship and you're moving through, you know, you're 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 floating because you're on a ship. Right. So you're floating through the levels, but there is a lot of engagement here. Really cool game. Um, and I believe this one is coming to uh Game Pass, maybe as well, maybe not. No, this one is not. Uh, but it is developed by Okamotive and published by Frontier Foundry. So check out Far Changing Tides if you're looking for something different. 
uh real uh, quick definitely. before you uh move yeah. forward pong uh just because i saw something interesting being said um yeah. who said it ocd gamer said i saw that microsoft may be making the next from software game an xbox exclusive anyone else see this floating around um no i haven't seen anything about that um i do know well there was a rumor that they are already currently either planning out or working on uh the next armored core game um that, that's supposedly coming back uh that could be something they're possibly next working on next now unless xbox get in gets in there and really drops a bag to them i don't know if they're gonna flop that they're gonna fly that way um especially if some of the rumors are true as far as um them not wanting certain deals to be done if the, you still want to get a game in a certain place so um again we don't know how true those things are but again well, i mean who knows anything's possible nowadays right what you think Paul? um uh, that's an that's an old rumor uh oh, that okay. started uh last year at the end of last year um there is look every you could say every rumor has potential okay so again right. smoke is smoke but this one i would say is very wispy as far as the smoke goes I'm plenty of people said that there's i think special nick has addressed this one i think jazz has addressed this one um between the two of them had they both said i think grub may even have addressed this one because somebody brought it up to him when it first started none of them have heard anything close to that yeah. again like Steele said it would take a big bag uh, to get from software to do an Xbox exclusive. Uh, and right now, the way that we've seen things going, Phil and his team haven't been about that. They, they really... I think it's deeper than that, too, just because, again, if the rumors are true and Microsoft yeah. had the marketing rights to Elden Ring and they right. dropped the marketing rights for whatever the, reason in the background, because we don't yeah. know for sure, uh, but yeah. it's assumed that Sony knocked on their door and said, hey, if you do this... These releases aren't. You're not going to be keep releasing games over here with us again. We don't know how true that is, or whatever the case, or even if that is the case. But um, it is very fishy that you would have the marketing rights for a game and then drop the marketing rights for whatever reason. And it kind of shoots Microsoft in the foot at this point because look how great that game is doing at this point. That's very <laughs> ironic. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I guess yeah, I guess with, we'll see. I think we'll see with all with all their other. Uh, with all their other marketing rights uh, deals that they've had that haven't turned out very good. That's right. kind of a, now almost a running joke at this point exactly. that Microsoft gets a big marketing rights to something and that game comes out and it's been less than stellar. And here they have one that's actually to some people, generational type game, obviously yep. with the scores and they somehow the, marketing rights became vaporware <laughs> we, yeah, like, we don't know what happened, okay. know what happened. but to finish but. up what I was finishing up on my statement was phil and his team have not uh been pro uh, have been inclined to drop the bag off for the eastern developers because right. that bag over there according to everything we hear has to be much larger because it's xbox and it's the east and a lot of those developers just aren't into that you know, like, yeah, they're like we're getting there. It's getting better. But the stigma against Microsoft and Xbox is still there. So it costs a lot more money for exclusive exclusivity um, to an Eastern developer for Xbox than it does for a Sony or a Nintendo. So I think that's that's why they've been hesitant, because I don't know if if they put Phil wants to start that trend like, oh, hey, we'll just overpay everybody uh, in the East to bring games here. Right. I. 
even though I would do it, I don't yeah, know fools I mean, about that, right? Yeah. So, so um, yeah, I don't know. To kind of tie it back into far changing ties. Uh, I saw some people yeah. saying in the chat that um, Doom Reaper was saying, I think that far game is going into game pass. So yeah, I, I'm going to double check that one too. So definitely, definitely uh, could be something that's interesting for sure. Just to tie, tie it back in again. Um, again, we, we got all these games. It seems like Sea of Thieves it can, is another one of those generational affecting games um, because mm-hmm. there's quite a few other games that want to come out and be similar to it. I mean, uh, I believe Skull and Bones was another one that they had a similar idea and they've done some changing over the over the last couple of years of how they actually want to take the direction of that game. Um, I think originally it was supposed to be like a Black Flag-ish kind of game. Um, if you guys remember that, Assassin's Creed, where you kind of go through the ocean, fight different ships and you um, commandeer them and so on and so forth. It was going to do something similar to that but uh, I, don't, I don't know what it's kind of like now. I never had interest in those things, but while Paul's, while Paul's checking on that. No, I get, I, I, yeah, no, I definitely, you know what's weird is this but, week, Xbox Wire did not do an upcoming week thing. Yeah, there was, Paul, hold on, let me, yeah. go back, let me go back to the main show before we continue the upcoming segment. Um, yeah. Have we even heard what's supposed to be coming in the Game Pass that was a surprise? No, no, because that's no, still nothing, that's still that was said, yeah. and I still have not seen anything about it. Yeah, so correct. for and then for you to say that there's nothing in the Xbox Wire yeah. article for Game Pass. Well, because the, they do no, because they normally yeah they do a next week on Xbox exactly. on Xbox Wire, Ex- yeah, and they didn't do one this week. Like there's not I'm on, I'm underneath their tw- uh, their Twitter feed right now. There's not a coming to next you know next week on xbox thing right now there's not one they didn't post one this week at all which is strange um that's really really weird yeah no no there's there's nothing there i'm underneath their their twitter page and there's nothing normally they always do that so there's something going on man like yeah yeah, something going on in the background too much smoke maybe but uh maybe Maybe, like like boogeyman said maybe uh no, was it was it Boogeyman? Yeah, he said it's more of a fart than real smoke or fog. <laughs> that's what we were <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. That's thing. a good way to put it. Yeah. So, hey, who knows? You never know what's going to happen, yeah. uh, especially now. There's a lot of money being thrown around. So maybe they do come up with something. But I just I, uh, that'd be a tough one. Yeah. I'd love to see it. But I just I'd love to see him go back to Ninja Blade, actually. But that's all right. Uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. So back to this upcoming week in gaming. Uh, we've got Puzzle Quest 3. I love Puzzle Quest. Puzzle Quest was a unique game that came out. I played it on PSP. I played it okay. on PlayStation. I played it this thing everywhere. Puzzle Quest 3 is coming to PC, iOS, and Android. So none of nice. the consoles, which sucks. Uh, but um, Puzzle Quest 3, uh, March 1st. Shadow Warrior Three. I know some of y'all were excited for this one. Yeah, for sure. This was going to be day one for me, but because of Elden Ring, this now gets bumped. Um, Shadow Warrior 3. I love Shadow Warriors. A lot of people are looking forward to Shadow Warrior 3, even people who have not played Shadow Warrior 1 and 2, because Shadow Warrior 3, even more than the first two, is giving you that doom feeling, yeah. and they have stepped up their game. This is by yeah. Flying Wild Hog, right? So we... You know about Flying Wild Hog and published by Devolver Digital. Devolver, again, does not miss. Devolver's doing their thing. This, they these do not years, miss God damn. at all as a publisher, right? They are really good at what they do. So Shadow Warrior 3 is that Doom style. 
it's a it's a story of low wang <laughs> low wang yeah it's low wang you notice that <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah man like i i put 80 hours into shadow warrior 2 oh, uh shoot. i beat shadow warrior 2 okay. and again i don't beat a lot of games so you know the game got me when i'm putting 80 hours in to yeah. beat it uh but this one they up it they up the ante go watch the videos it is doom ask um, it looks so much fun. I love Shadow Warrior 3. It's got humor. Now, I don't know if they're going to continue with that low ball, like uh, high school, grade school type humor. Because yeah. there's a lot of it in one Maybe. and two, right? It's hilarious. It had me laughing out loud because I'm kid inside, okay? Yeah. I still laugh at stupid jokes. But there's a lot of it. And Shadow Warrior 3 leaned into that, or Shadow Warrior 1 and 2 leaned into that heavily. I don't know what they're doing with Shadow Warrior 3, but look, the mechanics, it is a fast-paced run-and-gun slash with mu- uh, with magic, some, some magic stuff to it. Um, it is a fun game. I yeah. absolutely love the Shadow Warriors. So go check out Shadow Warrior 3. Again, it got bumped for me. This was going to be day one. I'm bumping it because of my budget. Um, out of that spot because I've got you know two other games coming up in March uh, that I'm Ooh. also already locked in. Tiny Tina's Wonderland and King yeah. uh, Crusader Kings Three. Um, I know it's coming to Game Pass, but I may buy the deluxe edition to support the dev uh, paradox uh, for bringing that over to console. Because again, I want more strategy games, so I may actually just buy that one. I've got that wrapped up in my budget right now. So, yeah. but Tiny Team Warrior- is one of those that uh, that you're definitely Tiny got Team. me interested in. So I, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna run it with you. So that's day one, man. That's day one. I can't wait. My I'm thing, so excited. That's typically my Anyways. thing, but I, I know they're not bad games. I know they're not bad. Games. Yeah, it's gonna be so much fun, man. Looter shoot. Oh god, it's good. Anyways, that's the end of the month. But Shadow Warrior Three comes out March the first as well. So please go check that out. Babylon's Fall. This is Platinum Games' latest one, console exclusive to PlayStation right now. So it's coming out on PlayStation Five, PlayStation Four, and PC. If you do have a PlayStation, the demo is out right now. This one I am interested in, and I'm hoping it's coming to Xbox. I hope this is a timed exclusive. Look, Platinum Games. We talked about them a lot recently because yeah. of all their comments um, about <laughs> about a lot of different things. But yeah, anyways, Platinum up. Games, they can come through with really high quality games. The more I see of Babylon's Fall, the more I'm liking it. OK, now people have been mixing this up with the Final Fantasy origin story that's coming out to everything that's being done by Team Ninja. Right. OK, that's not this. That game that that's like a PlayStation two, PlayStation three game from the demo. I played, and that is, that is, so I, I no disrespect, but man, come on team Ninja. Um, look, Ooh, but to be fair, but to be fair, yeah. turning it back into Babylon's fall. This yeah. one looked kind of rough during that initial demo. Also when they showed it. it yeah, looked, but it it's looked, gotten better. Every has, showing, it right? Better, but it did every show. It did look rough. It looked like it was early stages platinum, right? They, you know, that's yeah. what happens with platinum games. They, they early stages don't look though. so good, but then they show up they, and all of a yeah. sudden they're really good. Right. So, so I'm interested in this one again, I'm hoping it's just a timed exclusive. We don't know for sure. There's been no official word because there never is it. We just know right now it's on PlayStation five, PlayStation four, PC, March 3rd, Babylon's fall. Go check it out again. If you have a PlayStation, go download the demo and I'll check it out. 
Yeah, it looks it looks really good. I'm probably gonna get it. It's just I I have this weakness for it. Like again, I think me and you are probably the same on that. Uh, I I know we're the same on that for that high fantasy. Um, over this, in the combat, you know, I feel like the combat's gonna that be there. Combat. It's a plat it's yeah. platinum games, and I think that's what's gonna get me every time. Uh, anytime that you in- introduce that combat with that high fantasy, I'm I'm already like okay. Uh, let me let me see. Let me check this out. So you got that right. You got that right. Um, March fourth. Gran Turismo 7 dropping oh. on the PlayStation. Gran Turismo 7, everybody. So all you car fanatics out there be looking forward to this. Hey, so a lot of people that love it. Um, for the PlayStation fans who don't have Forza, it's Gran Turismo, man. So this is yeah. what you're gonna get. Um, look again, last showing. I loved what I was seeing, it looked much yeah. better. I still have a problem with certain aspects of Gran Turismo at this point in 2022. The sense of speed for me is not there uh, like it is in Forza, which is a problem. Uh, when I'm doing 200 miles per hour, I want to feel like I'm doing 200 miles per hour, not 50. Okay. That's just, that's just me. Um, but again, Gran Turismo 7 is going to be a big giant launch. Hopefully it's going to be interesting to see. Again, not that we, not yet. Yeah, not that we care about scores, but it's going to be interesting to see what this meta comes in because they've been on a trend, a downward trend. <laughs> Uh, with Gran Turismo, and it looks like they're trying to reboot. They're offering more in this game. This yeah. actually looks like a complete game yes. this time around versus the last couple re- uh, releases, which felt like parts of a game. So we're going to see. Gran Turismo 7 is going to be interesting. I want to see sales. Um, I want to see reviews um, because this is definitely polyphony started this whole card craze, right? Yeah. They, again, you, uh, Gran Turismo for back in the day was my game, right? Yeah. I love Gran Turismo. I remember those full, I remember those big ass disc cases that had like four discs in them and I remember I I I was in love yeah. with that I love the, the way those out they cut they looked and everything oh they were I doing remember, stuff man. that nobody else was doing right as far as the sim racing goes they really brought it to another level and now Forza has taken that ball and run with it in my yeah. opinion yeah I, again too. there's still people uh, out there who think Gran Turismo is better that's nah. cool I'm just saying for me it's Forza. But I want to see Gran Turismo stick around because, again, competition is good. Competition, no matter where 100%. it comes from, is good. 100%. So, I, yep, I want to see it. So, Gran Turismo 7, March 4th. Then another one that I, I, I'm i mentioning, but it's 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 Nintendo. But Triangle Strategy. Look, Triangle Strategy, as dumb as the name is, uh, which I say is dumb because it is dumb. Triangle Strategy is their internal code name, and they just kept it, okay? Literally. Uh, so, Triangle Strategy Final Fantasy Tactics style game looks freaking amazing. I can't wait to see what people are going to say about this one as well. See if it lives up to the Final Fantasy Tactics uh, legacy, because if it does. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna go get a switch for it, but I'm close because that triangle. <laughs> I love those. I love those games, man. I love those games. Hey, so triangle strategy on Switch, March fourth. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't, I won't yeah. do that here. Okay. I'm not gonna say. Okay. 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 Good. Right. There'll be other ways for you to play it, but I'm not. I, I'm not gonna I, go I for that. Yeah, I know. I would still I suggest. Look, guys, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit here front to you. You can't emulate Switch games to you on on PC yep. or even yep. on the Steam Deck, as we're coming to find out. But I am still going to recommend that you purchase the game before you do any of that. Again, people speak about supporting the devs. Please, if you're going to play games through emulation, please buy the game at least. 
Right, exactly. Now, if you bought it back in the game, uh, what, what you do with older games, I can care less about. If you're still playing Zelda from back in the day and you never bought Zelda from back in the day, hey, man, you do your thing. I'm not, I'm not. But as far as newer games go, because I do not want to lie to the people, there are ways for you to emulate current Switch games on PC. Please purchase the game first before you do that. Please. Right. Correct. And that's this week in gaming, Steel. That's it, but a hey, lot of good ones in there, no, man. We've a, got a lot this week. Paul, <laughs> what is going yeah. on that we're in 2022, the year that was supposed to be dead, yeah. and we're just coming in week after week? Again, yeah. bro, you got Horizon Forbidden West that has now gotten eaten by Elden Ring at this point um, with all the hype, all the attention, all the, the scores. Now, then you got... GT7 coming. You got Tiny Teams Wonderlands coming. You got Babylon's Fall coming. You got games that are really hitters that are coming. And this is the big first quarter. Shadow Warrior 3, Triangle Strategy, Shadow Babylon's oh Fall, Gran Turismo 7 next week. What world are we living good, in? Good double, a, double A's like Elix indies, 2 coming oh out. Like, yeah, God. Indies, Far Changing Tides. Yeah, man. And everybody's kind of. Again, it's like overwhelming because there's so much to play already in That's 2022. There's no, there's, no, there's no games up. So yeah, no there's games. no games there's out. No games. I know. I know. There's no games. No, not, not no first. Not no, yeah, I know. I know. No first party uh, Xbox titles. I know they're they're light, but guess what? That's why we've got all these other companies creating content so that we have all no nonsense. God, I can't speak this morning. So we have all this nonstop gaming, no matter what, at the end of the day, unless you are that person that only plays AAA home runs or only plays first party. Well, then, okay, I can hear your argument. But guess what? The most of us, the majority of us play everything. So therefore, we are never without at this point in 2022. This has been crazy. (laughs) And look, we started off this. The other thing to think about is this 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 year, 2022 steel just started off with what many are calling and again yeah. the score suggests it a generational type game yeah. and we could be closing the year on another generational type game uh in starfield 2022 yeah and, and then you got you got horizon forbidden west in there you got potentially god of war we we might get zelda breath of the wild 2 for all the nintendo fans yeah. which we know it's is all, going to be considered generational the so breath of the wild was like and it's yeah, a, there's a reason yeah. why everybody uses that for comparison and Whatever. looks what it's done anyways <laughs> anyway that's fine i'll respect it because i'm i'm including it in this we okay so if you count breath of the wild 2 right releasing this year as a generational we could have three generational games in 2022 at least bro this could be one of the greatest years in gaming and 2023 2024 is looking even more stacked with potential but this year we could have three generational games that's crazy and god of war who knows god of war ragnarok might come out and blow everybody's pants off as well so this is this is insanity, man. This is really again, yep. Like you said, Steel, the golden age of gaming is here. There's been no better time in history to be a gamer. And I don't care what anybody says. That's why all this negativity out here, all this crazy pessimism, all this crazy just clown show circus time. Look, I don't understand you guys. I don't understand any of you in any way, shape, or form. I don't care where you're coming from. Because man, right now, you should just be sitting in front of your TV playing games. That period. There's so much out there right now. Enjoy it enjoy this god man this is so awesome I love yeah this. man 100 uh, you, you know i agree with that man um yeah. and even even as me 
because I'm, I'm forever somebody who speaks on the representation of standing for what you believe in, standing for what you like, standing for your opinions, right? Um, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm not into all these games that we talk about. Triangle Strategy, right. I can care less about. Um, right. <clears throat> these Atlas games that we're going to talk about, Soul Hackers finally, and Atlas really acknowledging the West, I can literally care less about. But for me, it's the bigger picture. That's gets that's gets that's getting painted. You know, it's like watching a Michael like a Michael like a Michelangelo at work. Excuse me, can't talk today either. Um, and, you know, really getting those brushstrokes in and creating this beautiful painting that the future is has waiting for us, man. That's just looking at that potential. That's what I mean when I say taking the RTS view and looking the darker crevices of the map, because without it, without us doing that, it's so easy for them to be like, yeah, I don't care about it. And for us to have a dead conversation, but it's it's much more in depth, and there's so much more feeling and so much more passion to be had in the bigger scope of the picture. And what we actually care about is gaming and evolving it and growing it, and how can we get more people in front of it? How can the consumer enjoy it more? That gets me excited, man. You know what I'm saying? Like that makes me sit here and be like, damn, what is the potential? What can we do? It's the biggest reason why podcasting is such an amazing thing for me, at least, because um, we get these opportunities. Another amazing reason why uh, me and my brother from another Pawn Soul is such an amazing thing, because without him, I, I don't know if this show would be not only the way that it is, but also have the depth that it does. Because we're not just surface level; we're looking at everything, and that's an amazing thing, and I love it. Um, but to tie that in, you want to learn. You want you. You were talking about some of the stuff that you've learned from the community and things like that. And um, <laughs> what have you learned from the community this week, man? What's going oh. on? What, what, what's what's been the deal? Is this a get some help segment today? What's going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ah, uh, look, this week uh, we've had some doozies. I've been on a muting spree, just so everybody knows. So, so eventually, my uh, what I learned out of this community this week may go away because I'm okay, just going to okay, run okay, out of okay, things guys. that I see. <laughs> but no, I definitely uh, saw some things this week. Last night, when we were uh, in uh, party chat after uh, Xbox Ultimate Steel, uh, you had brought this up, and or somebody had brought this up. I don't know if it was you, but I, anyways, I had actually seen it. Um, I learned this week, Steel, that Elden Ring is for the casuals. Elden Ring is not a that. real Souls game Let's at all, even though all the veteran Souls players that I see on, on Twitter are oh, telling me that right. this is a Souls game through and through. <laughs> so, oh, but, God. but but I actually did see that, that Elden Ring is just for the casual steal. Look, ain't no casual picking up Elden Ring. That's all I got to tell you right <laughs> no. now. Okay, <laughs> Either that no. or they're going to, and it's going to be like me when I picked up my experiences like Bloodborne and those, and I'm gonna be like, yeah, I just kind of threw away some money because we ain't doing this, right? Right. <laughs> After you get hit by that first golden armor horse boss yeah, up front, he's yeah, a, yeah, no, he's annoying. No, people, people gonna <laughs> drop out. Uh, so I learned that steal. Uh, let's see what else did I learned this week. Um, oh yes, this was a great one, steal. This is Tinfoil Hat City. Oh, okay. Look, look. The um, media bias deal, we hear that all the time, right? From right. all sides, right? The, for all last generation, it was, you know, the Xbox you know, guys saying that there was media bias, which, uh, again, if, when, you, when you got a dominating platform like PlayStation, 
Yeah, more, yeah, a lot of the people that are writing about video games are going to be PlayStation heavy, right? Go That's going to happen, time. right? And now we've seen a flip flop all of a sudden out of the blue, right? And now, now it's Xbox bias, right? Because God, oh man, how are these how are these Xbox games getting such high ratings, and why are PlayStation games not game of the year nonstop anymore? But this one was interesting, Steel. This yeah. one was really interesting. This took a lot of different. Uh, red string uh, to okay. attach the lines um, here. So I'm not going to get into details because I'll just give you the, the basics because everybody okay. will understand where we're going here. So the media bias towards Nintendo, number one, okay, uh, meant that Horizon Zero Dawn got scored lower just so Nintendo could get game of the year. Okay, okay. Interesting. Okay. And that has continued this year, mm. and that's why Forbidden West did not get the high 90 scores it deserved. Mm. And I put deserved in quotes because that's okay. opinion. But I saw in the community that Horizon Forbidden West got scored lower to make sure that Elden Ring gets game of the year. So Horizon itself, the IP is being bashed or unfairly scored by the media <laughs> to make sure that Nintendo got its game of the year back when Zero Dawn launched, okay. right? With uh, Breath of the Wild. Right. Right, right? So that was one. And then then this year again, that, that so, the, so that Elden Ring gets its game of the year. That's the only reason why Horizon has not won or will not be winning its second game of the year award as a masterpiece because there was just games that the media loved a little bit more uh, those years. So that's that's all there is to it still. That's all there is. Um, Interesting. Look, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It almost, I like that one. It, I like that one. It, no, that, that was a really good one. Uh, yeah, that the media would just say yeah Elden Ring is such a such a better good is such a better game than Horizon Forbidden West and um how accessible Souls games are man yeah yeah no the media the media bias is real um and Horizon has deserved two game of the years at this point hey so you know the other thing that look, I've seen speaking about Elden Ring before we get into it because that was another thing that I learned just kind of, just kind of jump on with that yeah is that yeah. um apparently Elden Ring only got the scores that it did because people were paid to oh, give it oh. that score. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Every single one of those reviewers, somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think we're got to be approaching 100 reviews at this point, yeah. they were all paid by From Software. Yeah. yeah. To, to give it such a high score. Bandai because they wanted to make sure. went around throwing out the bag. Yeah, because yeah. they wanted to make sure that the game did well. Right. Even though this is probably the most hyped FromSoft game <clears throat> To exist today, right? Other than the announcement of like a Bloodborne tune or something like that, that would probably take it to the next level uh, <laughs> <laughs> for for a lot of people. I, uh, me personally, I haven't played through Bloodborne. Uh, I jumped into the beginning of it. I didn't, in, I didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoyed Dark Souls, but I probably just didn't give it an honest enough chance. Also, uh, I'll just be honest with y'all: the PlayStation controller. I, I just don't I, I don't enjoy using that controller if I like I swear if the consoles had the option for me to hook up whatever controller I wanted via Bluetooth they have they have Bluetooth and they, capability 
that would be so, that would be so, so much of a more, much more an amazing thing. I, I would probably, if I was able to use a, an Xbox controller, which you can, there are devices that let you do this, but um, whether you want to spend the money on that at the time or not, it's something completely different. I also try to give controllers that I haven't used in a while a fair shake, right? Um, but, if they give me the capability to use my Elite controller on the on the PlayStation Five, oh man, I'm gonna be in love. That's gonna be perfect because I just I just can't use that that fucking controller, man. That that sticks me in side by side and all the whole setup. But it is what it is. Um. So, but jumping off of what you said for the for what you've learned from the community that one um, Horizon Forbidden West was downplayed so we can make sure the Elden Ring was successful. It's super amusing to me just because Souls games are not for the casual audience. Um, and I don't want anybody, that's one of the number one things as we roll into this whole Elden Ring discussion um, that I do want to get out to people. Yeah. That do not bully yourself or get this FOMO to the point to where you think that this game is going to be something completely different than other games. Um, other Souls games, I should say. The only thing that makes it different, and it's part of the reason why Pong enjoys it, um, is because it is open. You don't mm-hmm. you don't have to beat your head up against the wall on one particular group of enemies or one boss for you to progress forward. There are other options. Now, like I kind of stated last night on um with fun speculation and math, was that you could in previous Souls games, you can definitely go back to previous area areas and farm the enemies. But let's be honest, a lot of the time when you do like it was enough just to get past those enemies and past that area in the first place. So a lot of the time you do not want to go back. Like, damn, I don't want to fight the motherfuckers again. They were already fucking annoying as hell. It's just, <laughs> just so you can level up, even if you're strong or whatever the case, because it, the one thing about souls games is that anything can happen. The AI, yes, the AR is not the smartest AI. They're not the greatest AI of all okay. time. There's no nemesis system in place where they come back and magically start doing different things. But there are a lot of situations to where if you if you have not seen all the enemies' movements, they may do something different. Mm. They also don't do everything the same way every time. Yes, you may know their move sets and you know may know what their moves are, but they will not use those moves one two three oh one no this does not work that way the enemies can be very unpredictable the enemies like last night when i was playing elden ring can also if you're close enough to a ledge push you off the map that happened to me three times yesterday to the point like i was it should almost drove me up the wall but it's a surprising thing to hear people say things like that instead of just saying hey Horizon, Horizon was a great game. It just wasn't as great at, to people as maybe Breath of the Wild was at that time. Again, nobody's sitting here comparing games to Breath of uh, to Horizon, but they are comparing games to Breath of the Wild. Now, whether that comparison is an accurate comparison or there's other games that have done it similar to Breath of the Wild or not, it's something. It's a different conversation to have, but we have to be honest with ourselves and say that when a game comes along and does something different or becomes generational in the way that I mean, again, we've seen games like Genshin Impact completely rip off a of Breath of the uh, of off of Zelda Breath of the Wild and kind of do it its own in its own way. The world, everything, the characters, it all looks very similar. And there's other games that have done the same thing. So there's a reason why that game. 
that you might have loved so much didn't do as well. Um, also, we heard the story. The first, the story on the first one isn't that strong, which I don't agree with. As somebody who started it, um, has played at least maybe a quarter of the way through the first game. I don't. I didn't see the weakness that people were saying that. Oh, it doesn't start off strong. I didn't. I didn't see that for myself. Um, but again, to each their own. People are going to have their different opinions. But there's a reason for it. So now that Forbidden West has come out, yes, has the hype for Elden Ring kind of cannibalized forbidden west for some for most probably because it is getting the hype that typically these souls games don't get and for it to have that 97 i don't know where it's settling right now but the last time i checked was at a 97 for metacritic and uh, again like we say here all the time meta who who cares but those reviews do matter to the casual audience that is something that they do look at there are companies publishers that also take those numbers into consideration again look at days gone you're not getting another game of that it would have did better it might be a little bit different but i mean and again you can look at horizon but oh, scores are similar but it happens horizon forbidden west is also a great looking game it did everything that the again from what i've heard because I haven't played the game myself, and I'm not going to sit here and talk about the game like I've played it. But I can't. Oh, have I'm going to score it. I'm going to score <laughs> You're it. You're going to score it. We can, so we're going to talk about yeah, that from YouTube videos. Yeah, we're we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but from everything that I've heard, it is just the second part of Horizon. They're not doing much different. There are better mechanics. The game does play better. Uh, although, again, it does have its own bugs and everything. But again, it's exactly what I would ex- at least expect out of the second iteration of a game. So for Elden Ring to come out, and I guess you could say the same thing about these Souls games. Oh, they're no different from each other. I feel you, but at the same time, this is different because this is from Sauce 4 going and stepping into something they didn't have to do. I give FromSoft credit, kind of like we were talking about last night, that they have not changed their formula. The only thing they did this time was make it open world and give you a horse. Which is a big thing, actually. And, and, and honestly, again, yeah, and it's not to be understated, like, oh, it's some small. No, it's this is a big thing because it does make the game very different. Like, just talking about the, uh, the Tree Sentinel, because I believe that's his name, the gold dude who rides on that golden horse. I was fighting him without the horse, now getting into the Elden Ring kind of topic. I was fighting him without the horse for quite a while. I died to him six times, six to seven times before I said, all right, let me try something different. Just because I like to, me personally, I like the challenging games. I also like to challenge myself to say, all right, well, let me let me see if I can approach it this way. Is it going to work this way? And honestly, I felt like it could. I got him down past half health. Three of the six times, seven times that I died, just fighting him on foot. So I definitely could have fought him that way. Though, I said, you know what? Screw it. Let me try something different. He's on a fucking horse, so I'm going to get on my fucking horse. And guess what? Within the first three tries of me being on my horse, I beat him that third try. He, like, And the two tries that I was on the horse, I got him down to barely like no health. So it gives you that variance where before I would have just been beating my head on the wall saying, damn, well, this motherfucker is a cheat. And he's a cheat. This is a cheating ass boss because he has this move where he slams the ground. And you dodge one way and it somehow still hits you, even though like 
hey man I'm, I'm timing it again i've died several times to this man i've timed it several different ways and he was still catching me with it to where now i pull out the horse and again you fight a mono to a mono and it completely changes the the plane from now yes could have been a fight that i could have came back later to and said all right i'm gonna fight him now sure but that the fact that they was an option he's one of the first guys that you see first little world bosses that are there as soon as you get out of the intro of the game and you don't have to fight them those games weren't like that before yes there are like his secret bosses or whatever or a little other bosses well i say little because the bosses aren't never little but big bosses that you can run into that you can skip over that you'll find out after you beat the game, oh, damn, there's these other bosses, or you'll look at YouTube videos and say, oh, there's there's other bosses that I haven't fought, and then you'll kind of be like, oh, let me go fight them now. But you'll have to replay through the game to get there. Whereas, like, this time around, everything is just accessible to you up front. Like, you can literally do everything before you go do any main mission. Again, like, me and my brother, uh, we got in there, yeah, again, like Sly Crow was saying, the summon spell definitely helps more so this time. Uh, there's more ab abilities and everything. Again, being earlier on in the game, I'm not sure how they have the magic ability set up. Um, it does seem like in the open world, you can't constantly summon shit. Uh, I think it's a way for them to not cheese the game too much. Um, again, that can be debatable. Mm. I don't know. Um, I definitely feel your angle from it, Pong. <laughs> if you're going to make it accessible, let me do it. Just let me do it. Um, but again, I also understand that I don't know what, again, I won't know what their initial vision was until I beat the game uh, to say, okay, this is, this is what they were trying to attend. Until I get further into the game, I'm probably about eight, 10 hours in at this point, maybe. And I spent four to five of those hours uh, with my brother exploring and getting lost, like to the point to where I forgot that there was even a map in this game. That's another thing that makes this so different from other games. There's a map. And the map tells you where to go if you want to progress the story. There's lights that show you on the map that say, hey, uh, this is this is your next. This is where you need to go this direction. FromSoft doesn't do that. Typically, ever. No, it's you getting here, you figure the shit out, and if you need to get back to these enemies, you better remember the route that you took so you don't have to fight these motherfuckers again in case you die so you can go get your souls. Because that's the other thing that FromSoft always does is because when you die, the main crux is you dropping your souls. In this game, they're called runes. If you drop those and you die again, you lose that. So if I got 20,000 souls, 20,000 runes, whatever the case may be, and I die and I don't go back to get them because I died to an enemy before me getting them, guess what? I'm out of 20,000, and that could be a few levels for yourself. And that's what makes these games challenging. But this game, what I have at least enjoyed about it so much, because I'll be honest, I kind of... As much as I love Souls games, there's so many other games that come out like Sekiro for being a big, biggest example. I really want to play Sekiro because everybody says it's an amazing game. It's one of the best, best ones, top tier for FromSoft. I haven't played it because I've played other games and I haven't, and I have it downloaded. I just haven't been able to jump into it and really start it and whatever the case, because I'm playing other games. Multiplayer games are always going to take more precedent over anything else. Dark Souls, Souls games always take advantage or take advantage of that fact because of co-op play. 
me and my brother forever will always like one, two, and three Dark Souls. We co-opt. Yes, we would play all by ourselves whenever we weren't around, but when we were around, we would jump in and be like, hey man, drop your summon sign down. We're gonna jump in, we're gonna kill these enemies together, we're gonna go through this. And that's what makes those experiences so great. So it kind of jumps up that priority list for me. But like I was gonna like I was gonna say, to be honest, I've kind of fell off of the Souls genre just because of there being other games to play. Again, when I'm playing first-person shooters or other high fantasy games, or I'm playing MMOs um, like Black Desert, I, I spent almost a year of my like a year of my life, a year and a half of my life, only playing that game. That's all I played. I didn't play nothing else. I have over a thousand hours in Black Desert. Plus, you know what I'm saying? So you get lost in other titles. So for me, yes, I've played one, two, and three, have beaten all three games to full succession. Uh, three, again, because I do have this bad habit of once I beat a game, I'm not going to play through it again. That's where it kind of breaks it up for me in Souls games because three was the first real story game, story-based game, I should say, that I've actually played three, four times through. And it's because of the experience. You don't get the same thing every time. Yes, the bosses, but if there's something, there's this ecstasy about it when you, yes, you beat the game for the first time. Now you go through the game the second time, you're a little stronger. You got your weapons that you like. You have a better understanding of how the game mechanics work and how to level things up because you do get stronger weapons in your next playthrough and everything. Everything, again, moves up. But because you have this deeper understanding, the when you beat a boss in your first three tries instead of 15, there's some, there's an adrenaline that pops in right there, boom. Now you're like, oh man, let, let, let me, let's steamroll this. Not only that, when you also throw in, which it hasn't happened to me yet, and it could be because of some of the connection issues that have been going on. Um, again, me and my brother haven't ran into that for whatever reason. Uh, my brother my brother was telling me, hey man, maybe because we, we flew to New Zealand, we got on there first, they gave us a pass. Because I haven't had any of the connection issues. I can play with somebody right now if I wanted to. Whereas like Pong has said, oh, what? no, you can't connect to the server right now. Um, and the other thing could be, there's just too many goddamn people trying to play Elden Ring right now. <laughs> that could be the other thing too. Could be very unexpected that there's so many people trying to hop onto the servers, but neither here or there. Um, Elden Ring has done has done so many things different that have not only in, made me super enticed. It's brought back that feeling. Oh, oh, let me get through one more level. Let me get through one more area. Oh, because there are so many there. And the other thing too that's different from previous games, like other other things I mentioned, were also um, there's more bonfires. I mean, I know they're not called bonfires now. And again, until I get halfway through the game. Grace. 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 Places of yep. grace. Yep. Until I get through halfway through the game, I'm not going to be able to keep up with these terms. I'm going to call them what I know them <laughs> as. Um, because, it, I mean, I can't help it because the game plays exactly like Dark Souls plays, um, especially three. Um, yeah, Doom Reaper says Steel and Dark Souls 2, the new game plus actually adds more enemies and moves things around. Yeah, exactly. They do those things. Dark Souls 2 is unfortunate. I, I never played. Um, I didn't get I didn't play to succession because my save file got deleted. Um, I had about 40 hours into the game and my save file got corrupted. I never went back afterwards. That is an immediate turnoff. 
I, I would not play the game. I did not play the game after that. Um, because <laughs> That's a funny, because me and my brother were talking about it. I was like, damn, I don't remember these certain things from Dark Souls 2. He was like, yeah, remember you didn't you didn't end up playing it through because we had you had almost gotten to the end and then your save file got corrupted. I was like, okay, then yeah, that's why I don't fucking remember. <laughs> it pissed me off that much. It's completely out of my memory now. But Elden Ring has done so much, so much, so many more things different that that is an extreme advantage and i would recommend somebody who is interested like pong was saying i like that dark high fantasy I, I like you know what they bring but i don't like beating my head up against the wall um just trying to progress past one boss it's open now that it's open now that i have more accessibility now that magic is more potent than it's been before Again, earlier on in the game, it's not really going to be because it definitely becomes more effective as you play through and beat other bosses and things. But the fact that all these factors are in there and everything is more accessible, it does make it better for the newer player of the genre. The other thing that I'll also say is, because I see this all the time, and it's always it's always been a thing. You get the you get players that are good at the game and then treat other players who may be newer to the game like they're trash or they say, hey, well, you just need to get good. And I'm going to say shout out to the Ash and Luca because she's one of the first ones. She said it on Crossfire last night um, that people need to stop bashing other people for not either one being good at a game or two having trouble getting into the game. When somebody asks for help, that's not your opportunity to just be like, oh, get good. Oh, you're trash. Oh, uh, you don't understand it or don't play it. No, there's a reason this person's asking questions. Sure. Could you say, hey, man, there's this YouTube video, point them in direction. That would be the better thing to do if you don't want to answer their question directly, which I have done plenty of times. I won't just say, no, fuck that. No, you're you're an idiot. No. Pass it. Pass them a YouTube video. And say, hey, man, look at this, check this out, see if this helps you out. If it doesn't, then you'll know whether this game is for you or not. But we got to stop attacking people and bashing people over just not being good at games. Now, on the backhand of this discussion, because it, it has this whole Elden Ring thing, um, we've seen it in some of the discussions on the back end within like our midweek mix up collective chats and things like that, where. Um, and just overall in the communities, different communities, because it's not just Twitter. Again, I'm not just coming from the Twitter space. There's Facebook, there's Twitter, there's YouTube, there's Reddit. Where accessibility is again coming in question again. Oh, the Elden Ring should have an easy mode. Okay. Which is another conversation that I do want to have afterwards if I, after I get Pong's opinions and everything. But. You can't say that Elden Ring needs an easy mode or needs to make it easier for um, maybe handicapped players. And then those same players are just running into the boss. I don't know what games you've played, but even back in the day, you couldn't just run at the boss. I'm not playing Crash Bandicoot and just trying to run at the boss and just spin him to death. That shit does not work. You had to learn the patterns. You had to know how to have an understanding of the game. You, but you can't ask for an easier setting if you're one of those people who doesn't have patience, who doesn't want to learn the patterns. You just want to bull rush the boss and expect to get off 30 hits before the boss hits you one time. That's not the way these Souls games work. The Souls games do not give a hell about 
your time well one your time um two your patience three how skilled or not skilled you are because honestly you can't sit back from any enemy and watch them try to swing at you the bosses do the same thing you don't have to attack you can sit there just pay attention to watch but i'll, I'll be right there with you Hey, man, I'm susceptible to that, too. I'm not patient all the time. I'll get in there, try to take advantage, and get as many hits as I can sometimes. But guess what? If I get punished, I'm looking at myself, not the game. Now, it's a whole different conversation. I do want to talk about that on the back end. But that's a little bit about how I'm feeling about Elden Ring, um, where I kind of put it as far as other Souls games. I do feel like this is the best Souls experience to date that i have at least felt and again i haven't played sekiro i have played neo um but as far as souls go dark souls and then coming into elden ring because again this game plays very similar to dark souls 3 it just hasn't dedicated jump button um i'm definitely would have to put it up there it's already better than dark souls 3 for me already so i definitely see myself at least playing this game a few times over um, especially when I get my brother in the co-op and everything, we get to play more and whatever the case, as I get play with Pong or play with whoever else that wants to jump in, because Elden Ring is one of those games. Being able to help people, there's, an, there's a high with that too. There's an adrenaline with that too. When you help somebody beat that boss that they were having trouble with, it's like, damn, man. They, and you, you hear their excitement, like, fuck yeah, beat that motherfucker. Like, and, um, yes, it Souls brings that out of you, but it's, it, there's no better feeling than that. Uh, so I easily put it up already above Dark Souls 3 for me. Um, it's definitely, I'm not going to give it any rating because again, I haven't played through the command game completely. But if I was going to say, hey, if I was doing this and I was doing it in review, kind of uh, grading or whatever the case may be or, or rating, I would definitely give it a nine thus far. Thus far. So with that being said, Pong, how do you feel about Elden Ring? Um, I know you have said, just to give people some history, this was going to be your last four reigns of the Souls genre. Um, you're typically not that guy. You played the other Souls games. You played Bloodborne, and you're just like, ah, this, it's not for me. This one, like you were last night, you've, you seem like you're a little bit more into it. You're you're farming. You're you're actually a higher yeah. level than I am right now because you're farming <laughs> and everything, um, which is which hey, which is dope because hopefully that makes it a little bit easier for you as you get to that first we'll boss out. because there's yeah. going to be other things that you're going to run into before you get yep. there. Um, yep. But how do you feel about this? Um, and then we'll roll into this whole accessibility and everything else afterwards. But how do you feel yeah, about Elden yeah. Ring and uh, and kind of going from there? Yeah, so my history, uh, for anybody who hasn't heard me, I'm sure most of you have here, but again, I I, I played Demon Souls uh, on PS3. Uh, that was my first. I played the original, first one, um, and played it, I don't know, I can't even remember back then. I probably pay, played it for maybe 10, 10 hours, 15 hours, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, um, if I'm remembering correctly, and hopped out. Uh, I got sick and tired of being frustrated. Um, again, I played games. There are games that with challenge, like grand strategies, like RTSs that I'll put the time in to learn. But then there's other games that I walk into, like RPGs, that I don't necessarily want that frustration level of getting, you know, two-shotted, three-shotted, and then having to scramble my way back there to gather back what I lost. Right. Uh, like you have to do in Souls, right? It, it, for me, 
that pattern gets old and stale real quick. Yeah, and there's yeah. so many other games that I want to hop into and, and play that I just, I don't like that. I, and again, it's just a me thing. And I'm, I'm okay with it. Right. As I've stated, uh, I played Demon Souls PS3, Demon Souls 1, Demon Souls 2, um, and, uh, and Bloodborne. Um, those are the games that I've tried. And I've tried other, you know, not from software souls like games as well, like mortal shell and that kind of right. stuff. I've tried those games because, because they do hold interest for me from the standpoint, again, when we're talking directly about from software, everything about a from software souls game speaks to my heart. I absolutely love the aesthetic. I love the dark high fantasy. Um, I like other fantasy as well, right. but I like the dark high fantasy. I love their, oh character design i love their create uh, their their creature design i love everything that goes into these games i enjoy watching people play these games on youtube i watched jez who just became a recent souls lover <laughs> yeah, yeah, go through and play souls games right i i love watching them that's how much i really like these games and i've wanted to get into them i just again the get good thing for me these games just, for whatever reason, they annoy the hell out of me. And I, I just give up and I'm like, no, I'm not getting good. I don't care. Like, I can't get it. It doesn't click. So like Steele said, and I've said plenty of times, that I made this decision long ago when they said that this was going to be open world. Right. I said, okay, this will be my final attempt at a Souls game. And so I've jumped into this. Like I said, I kind of was wavering whether I was going to do it day one. And then I finally made the decision. Of course, the hype. I don't, again, scores, meta score, they don't, they don't mean anything to right. me, um, you know, for the most part. What I will say is that scores do have meaning when universally a game is loved or universally yes. a game is hated. Now we've seen that in like, let, let's take movies, for instance, like Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. We've seen where that isn't necessarily true either, where the, where, where the, the consumer or the movie watcher will say no why are you guys like rotten tomatoes gonna have a score like 40 percent, but the the actual people say it's like a 90 right we've seen that before Uncharted so is the it, best recent example of that right right exactly so it's not always like that but what i will say is when you get that many people from all different walks of life all agreeing that either a game is great or a game is terrible right. normally there's some commonality there that causes that, that mm -hmm. you can say, okay, this is, there's gotta be something to this, right? The mixed score stuff is where you get into the, well, that could be really opinionated and like, well, okay, I'm going to go in this game and love it. Even though you know, it got mixed reviews, right. I know I'm still going to love it. And I find my reviewers that I know play games like I do. And I go to them and say, okay, if I really want an opinion, that's where I'm going to get it from. Right. But with something like this Elden Ring getting generational type scores, right? 97, 96 on open critic. I think it is. I really like open critic because it puts all the platforms together. Look, whatever the case, however you dice it, everybody's saying this game is special. <laughs> Right. So, God, so I, yeah. I, you know, that certainly didn't hurt my decision, but at the same time, I, I said, this was going to be my last. So realistically, that's what drove me. I said, Nope, I said, this is going to be my last attempt at a souls game. I'm going to hop into this thing and I'm going to give it a go. I'm loving it. Okay. I'm, I'm, this is the most fun this many hours in, I think I'm at like five or six hours now. This is the most fun I've had in a souls game uh, to date. 
And that's because I can choose what I want to do more so than other Souls games. I know other Souls games do give you some freedom. You're not locked into a linear path in Souls games. However, you are locked into dungeons. And dungeons don't have that ability to say, you know what? I'm not going to go fight this boss right now. I'm going to go in this complete opposite direction and go find some other stuff to do, right? That that That's limited in that dungeon setting. Yes, there are other paths you can take. Yes, you can go around and farm a little bit, right. but this game gives me the option to go completely off track, go explore whatever the hell I want to. Yes, run into even harder bosses yeah. and dragons <laughs> that I ain't even close to being ready for. Look at the like- same... Right, (laughs) right. Try me, try me. But at the same time, it also gives me a chance to explore and discover some really cool off the beaten path type stuff that I love with Skyrim's of the world, with the fallouts of the world. It's not to that scope. And I never expected that. I didn't go into this, even with the scores going, well, I bet you, I bet you Elden Ring's going to beat out Skyrim for my goat game of all time. No, I knew that wasn't going to happen because it's a totally different RPG style. Like it's completely different, but I knew it would give me the ability to walk away from things that I did not want to fight and still have a whole world to explore and not have to worry about fighting that boss at that moment or fighting that mini boss at that moment, whatever the case may be, I can go see something completely different because again, that's the other great thing about this. The diversity in from so- this from software world is second to none. From moment to moment, going into a different area, you know you are now in a new world. You are seeing new creatures for the first time. You are seeing new landscapes for the first time. You are seeing all this different stuff. And that, to me, is another great part about this. Again, exploration for me in gaming worlds, open worlds, is, is huge. It's yeah. got to be done right. Like I said in, in other shows and what we've been talking behind the scenes, I give from software the highest amount of credit possible for taking their games to an open world and nailing it out of the gate right away. Open world, taking a game from the style that they had before, they had that mastered, okay? They had built their games around this amazing setup and it was a paint by numbers for them at that point and they just knew what they were doing. To go ahead and break out of that and say, listen, we're, we're going to do something completely different here. And we're going to go full open world experience, go walk wherever you want to go explore wherever you want to. That is not an easy thing for a dev. I don't care what anybody says. Some people will say, well, that, that, that should be even easier just to make an open world. No, 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 no. Because it changes up how you normally have bosses interact with people, yep. with, with gamers, how you have those moment to moment uh battles even with the smaller enemies that changes the dynamic completely when you go to this open world from a more controlled tighter setting and for from to nail it out the gates again saying this from software you have to consider at this moment in time is one of the top devs in the entire world at what they do every single one of their games is scoring off the charts. Now, this happens to be their, you know, their magnum opus, right? This happens to be their their pinnacle. 
But you have to say that from software for what they do is one of the top devs in the world because they do not miss. Now we can get into the part they patched. The optimization is not good. The patch broke things even worse on PC. ACG has changed his review from a buy to a wait, which shout out to ACG for going back. He's not happy about it. He's not happy about (laughs) what's happened here with this patch, but shout out for him to going back and doing that. So a lot of those scores, would they be different after this patch, especially for the reviews who played on PC? Yeah, some of those scores might not be as high as what they are, right? This patch broke a lot of things, and that's a problem. From Software has already come out and apologized. That's great and all. But look, you don't want to break your game, break your momentum when you got something like this with a bad patch. But they've done that. But From Software is not the best at that. If you go back and look up through their history, it, it, it happens. On, on, yeah. on release, that's the one thing that yep. I didn't uh, that I did forget to mention is that it has optimization issues. It it really does. It, it again, me and Pong, um, especially since I got the new monitor set up, um, I'm starting to notice it less. But when I was playing on my previous TV, um, if I didn't have G Sync, if I didn't have Free Sync, I should say, excuse me, because that's what's on these monitors. Um, I was seeing very bad frame stuttering yeah i could it's very noticeable and it's that's not something especially in souls game you're already having especially if you're a newer (laughs) player you can't have that you're already frustrated dealing with learning the game right because it's just it's it's really a true rpg like you have to like the wave the stats like all of it there's so much to it also fighting the game because you're fighting somebody and the frames decide to drop out of nowhere can be extremely frustrating too. Now, again, I just want people to know it it's it's noticeable. And I don't want to give from soft that excuse like, oh, because the game is good. It doesn't matter. Because it does. It does matter. But if that's something that you think is gonna throw you off, no. I would definitely say like ACG did. Wait. Just hold to hold off on it for a bit. This game is going to yeah. be here, and, and it will get the attention it deserves. Every Souls yeah. game, you can look back through the history for FromSoft. No matter what game that they touch, they make sure that it's the best that it can possibly be, even if it's not at launch, unfortunately. Yep, exactly. And, and so from that standpoint, there is issues, and I understand why people are upset with this. Uh, because they should be. Again, yeah, this should not be acceptable. It is something that From needs to work on. For sure. Uh, again, we, we've had this conversation many times. The games coming out nowadays, are, are, I feel like, you know, there's more bugs than ever. And again, to go from a non-patch to a patch and then cause more issues in your game. Now, that's something we don't see all the time, but it does happen here and there. But it does it does cause frustration and it should. Right. And it is something they need to uh, obviously address. But overall, again, I'm playing on Series X. I've got an OLED. I've got the LG CX, so I'm playing with VRR. I'm not having any performance issues whatsoever. I've not come across any real bugs at all as yeah, of yet. No, not really. I, I, again, I've heard PlayStation's got some pop-in happening. I've heard some people, uh, Mr. Badbit, shout out to Joe. He talked about that the, he is seeing some pop-in from time to time. Again, that stuff doesn't bother me. So I don't notice it as much as everybody else does that are sensitive to that stuff. But I have not seen anything. I've not come across anything. I'm just enjoying the open world aspect like Steel 
talked about. I'm playing the game a completely different way than veteran souls players might yeah. be, or even new people that jump in that don't understand. I'm playing it the way that I play a lot of my RPGs. I'm going and farming and exploring because I always like to become powered up early. I, again, the frustration for me is when I'm getting handed and you know, my ass handed to me over and over and over again, right. at some point, And with Souls games, I have a less tolerance for it. I'm like, nah, we ain't doing, I'm not sitting here and doing this. So what I'm doing in this game, now that they've given me the opportunity to do it this way, I found a great farming area, okay? Uh, And I farmed the hell out of it. Last night, we were all in a party after Xbox Ultimate for about two hours or so, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's all I was doing. I was farming. Like Steel said, I'm above his level now (laughs) because I was sitting here farming. Now, it was an area I should not have been. I was getting, if I screwed up in the pattern of farming, I was getting one-shotted instantaneously. Like, no doubt. <laughs> Steel, Steel heard me. I was getting, man. Like Steel was talking about those enemy AI. You think you've got their pattern down, and then Thank suddenly you. they come up with something new. And it's like, why did you just do that? That's not how this is supposed to work. I had you down. Now what are you doing, right? So I was still having that happen to me, but that... The great part, what I'm saying is the great part for me is that I can go do that. I have the option to play that way. And that's what's expanded uh, to me. Again, souls, souls veterans will argue, you know, all day. Well, th- you could have done stuff like that in the other early ones. No, 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 not to the same degree I can here. It gives me more freedom. That's what I love about the open world setting. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of people. I'm seeing people in the chat like Nick say, I 100% agree with you. Uh, Pong, because, uh, you know, that open world aspect does change everything about the mindset when it comes to this game. And I think, again, credit out to From for deciding to do this, because in its own way, that's some new accessibility levels right there by creating this open world. Veteran Souls players can still play the old way if they want to. They can still go from boss to boss to boss, you know, trial and error see, hey, am I ready for this? Am I not ready for this? Okay, right. death number 30. I'm not ready for this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back out. We're going to go somewhere else and I'm going to get a little bit more power. But for us players that may have been frustrated with Old Souls games or brand new players, we just have more options to take on and tackle the different challenges that are going to come up in a right. from software game. And that's what I love about this, right? So absolutely loving everything about it again i was already sold on the the, the aesthetic the from software art direction some people don't like it get that as well get artist artist subjective i think it's gorgeous i yeah. think it's awesome looking it's different from a lot of rpgs yeah. it gives me a new experience again the different enemy types i am always running into something new and surprising and that is also rare after a while in an rpg when you've explored a lot Normally you start just, oh, okay, this, I know what this enemy is going to be. I know what this enemy is going to be in this game. Bro, even the little enemies, there's a ton of different little enemies and I keep coming across new ones. And I'm like, what the hell is that? What, what is this? Okay. Came across some little ball of tentacles walking on the land the other night. And I was like, what is this? This yeah. thing, what is this? This thing is completely different from anything hey, else I've seen. Ignore it, but, please, please <laughs> ignore it. Please don't, don't, do not go fight it. I, I, I fought it. I, oh, I you destroyed it. it. Oh, yeah, I'm not talking. I'm talking about the little one. The oh, baby. okay, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. I know there's a bigger one. I have no, not come across yet. Yeah, yeah, no, there's this big one that tentacle, whatever yeah. thing. Yeah, bro. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I swung my sword and it just said one damage. I was like, yeah, 
Yeah, I don't yeah Jasper was telling here. me about that. I, I was I like, yeah, no. <laughs> no, I did not find that at all yet. Uh, but I found a giant flower plant with a bunch of baby plants uh, with lightning strikes. This plant was calling down lightning on me. I was like, what? Are, what? Wait, what? What, what is a plant doing some freaking lightning? Okay. Magic. Yeah. Okay. Really? Uh, so that's what I love. The creativity from, from software is off the charts. Miyazaka, uh, um, Miyazaka is uh, got to be considered one of the best uh, heads, uh, just like a Todd Howard, um, He's you know, there, bro. Uh, he, with a Kojima, he's up there again, ever since he started at from software, uh, like 17 years ago, 18 years ago, they've been worked up his, up, bro. worked oh his way. Yeah. When he took over, go back. I think he took over in 2000 and what did I read the other night, he took over in 2012. I want to say 2011, 2012, somewhere in that neighborhood. Ever since he took over, they already had a great history. But since he's taken over, man, the games that they put out, the critical acclaim that they have gotten, they have gotten better at each iterate. They have learned from each iteration and have added to those games that have followed. And that's what I'd love to see. Studios that have kept their talent, that have moved through the generations, that have gotten better at each and every stop that they go to. That's what you're seeing from software do. I love that. I love that, man. And Miyazaka has got to be considered one of the greats at this point, especially with Elden Ring dropping to the critical acclaim that it has gotten. Again, are there things they can work on? Absolutely. Um, That engine is not optimized like Steel and I have just talked about. Making a patch that breaks your game uh, is not good. It's not a good look at all. Um, Again, we could talk about whether or not those review scores are legit because of that fact. Because, again, had it been this way when those reviews came out, it may not have scored as high as it did. But the fact is, that's not the way it was. So we're going to take the review score for what it is because the game itself, the core game itself, and they will fix it, is probably, again, it wouldn't be that score for me like this early on. Like I was telling Steel, again, I'm not one of those guys who like to give scores unless I've played a lot of a game. And that's a whole nother discussion that happened this week as well about whether or not you should have to beat a game to review it. Um, Even if you've got something like 70 hours into it, is that enough? I would say we'll get into it. But anyways, for me right now, like I told Steel in the background, I can just kind of project because I know I know how a game's going to, right. I know a game early enough on, I know myself well enough to see where the game's going to go that I even story-wise, it doesn't matter to me story-wise um, that I have a feeling that this would be a low nineties for me um, at the end of the day, which is still freaking fantastic. Like, I, like I said, I wasn't expecting this to be one of my goats just because the RPG style is different from what I normally enjoy so much of not to say that I can't grow to love it. But again, now that I've hopped into it, it is souls at its core. No matter what anybody wants to tell you, it is a souls game. So I know I'm going to have my moments of frustration. I've already had some, one of them still already mentioned (laughs) the spirit summoning, the spirit summoning. Look, the way they showed that off in their trailers lead up, it looked like you could do it anywhere. And I'm all about that game, right? I'm all about creating my own army. That's why I was all excited. I, I chose the astrologer class to be full magic because I was like, all right, we're going to get my summoning stuff. We're going to be create. I'm going to be able to have my army with me as I'm soloing through this. We're good. This is going to be much better. Well, it turns out you can only summon in certain areas. And I still have yet to run into one of those areas to summon. So that is a little frustrating to me. But like Steele said, 
probably due to balancing and that kind of stuff. I get it. I, I do get it. It's just a little frustrating. So there's certain things that I like out of my RPGs that I know from is not going to give me, um, you know, spells are very hard to find and you got to buy them all the time. And there's like a lot. So you're running with the same spell, even though I'm, you know, now level 36, I think I hit last night. I'm still running with the same beginning spells because I haven't found any new ones or yeah, bought any yeah. new ones. I haven't even found anybody I can buy them from. So for me, that kind of stuff is like, okay, all right, but it's from, okay. So we're cool. It's just that it will never be a, it, I knew it would never surpass goat status like Skyrim, but low level, low, low nineties for me. That's huge, man. That's, that's well worth the price of admission. I'm happy. I jumped in. I'm not, I'm already to the point where I'm like, okay, this is not a wasted, this is not a wasted budget. Okay. I did not waste any of my budget money on this. I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to put more hours into this game than I ever have in a from software game. So for me, it's worth it. And again, hats off to from software going to this open world. I don't think a lot of people said a lot of, some people hit me up and said, well, Pong, if you love Elden Ring, are you going to go back and play the old, does that mean you're going to go back and play Dark Souls again? Are you going to try it again? Go back. I don't think I can. After having an open world, now I'm going to go back and even hate that even more that I'm knocked into a dungeon. I don't think I will. Uh, I I think that Elden Ring will stand on its own and I'll be able to say, hey, I I enjoyed the Souls game. Had a great time with it. Um, Really great game. I'm just going to be hoping that from software from here on out does open world because I think they, they know what they're doing. And I love that aspect. I don't know if I could go away from it. Uh, so that's my take on uh, Ellen ring having a great, great time. That's an, hey, and that, yeah. that's an amazing thing to hear, especially from someone who's not necessarily in that genre. And kind of, I'm on the opposite fence of you, where you're like Skyrim is, you know, that's how the line game. Yep. And for me, Skyrim isn't that. I have no interest to play Skyrim. Um, right. Although I yep. did like playing Elder Scrolls Online. Um, yeah. But it's probably more so because of the multiplayer aspect of it. Um, playing, being able to co-op and um, do PvP, and there was just so much more to it. Um, but even then, it was kind of like on the fence because maybe at the time if i would have known that because i can't go back to it now i just have a hard time jumping in it but if i would have known at the time that i could play third person in my the experience might have been a little bit different for me but i didn't learn that until much later on that it had that option and even then it's not like somebody who pays attention to the way that combat mechanics go how they look and everything else at this point it just bothers me because it's just it comes across too basic although i know that you can mix things up um i think it's more so just about the animations than anything else um it's just for me you could tell skyrim for me you could definitely tell it's age but that's that's neither here or there um not to say that it's not a good game or whatever the case it's just i could be honest and say it's just not for me and that's okay (laughs) yeah that's completely okay again it's just different scope it's different style it's completely different it is apples and oranges right Right. it is really apples and oranges so Um, it's no it's not a big deal the other thing too um that i noticed about Elden ring is that people who are playing on last generation consoles are actually getting better performance than the next generation yeah, is apparently yeah. play the ps4 version play the ps4 version if you got a ps5 because so. apparently um i don't know if it's the same thing for the one x but i'd imagine it would but one x is, is the worst powerful console than the playstation 4 pro but um on the one x and the playstation 4 pro uh apparently the game plays at a lock 60 um which is really weird 
which is crazy to think about, but then it it also just paints the bigger picture for the community, for the people, that it has to just be optimization issues. There's no reason why we should have hardware that's actually better than, like way better, like almost three to five times better than the previous hardware and the previous hardware is outperforming you. And there's more in the previous hardware, definitely, probably is definitely going to have ramp down some ramp down settings and things like that so that's probably has a lot of effect on it but the fact that it's still getting that lock 60 and people are having a more people are recommending that is crazy and that's not something that you would want to have you no know, and that goes back to we've talked about it here too steel is that some of the some of the eastern devs are a little bit slower in transition right. to and a could be more current update uh current gen right they're slower in that transition and we're seeing that with from they're just more experienced than that old gen yeah they've been using it, hardware yeah. and they even though it's less powerful they're just better at at the programming side of things to get that optimized on those older gens than they are using the new current gen and that's Again, it can happen to any devs, especially the smaller devs. We just see it. I see it personally more on the eastern side of things with certain certain devs. They just have a harder time getting up to speed with new tech than some other some other devs do. And I think that's what we're seeing here is they're just so used to that old tech. Again, less powerful, but they're just used to working with those dev tools more so than the current gen. And it just takes them longer to get to get up to speed. That's all there is to it. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I definitely agree yeah. with that. Um, yeah. But I kind of wanted to jump off from coming from the Elden Ring topic because this is just another conversation that's kind of ha- happened throughout the week. And I always love talking about this because it's always a it's an interesting conversation to have because everybody's gonna have a different angle. It's just it's just like the same question of um, what is a hardcore gamer or what is a gaming enthusiast. Everybody's gonna have their own definition. Nobody's gonna be able to be like, oh, this is exactly what it is. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to difficulty in games and accessibility in games. Um, there's so many different angles that you can take. And there's so many different perspectives that you could throw in the conversation that it makes it interesting to talk about every time that the conversation gets brought up. And it's always seemingly when there's a game like a Souls game that comes out and blatantly makes it obvious that this game isn't just for everybody. You know what I mean? Although this one has gotten more reach, it's not necessarily for everybody because at the same time, you are I am seeing a lot of people who were going to say, oh, yeah, this is my, my, you know, I'm going to take this time and I'm going to j- try to jump into it, who have also put the game down. Because, again, they tricked themselves to think this is something other than a Souls game, and it's a Souls game. It's not Babylon's Fall. Like, it's, it's not that. <laughs> you know what I mean? The combat mechanics aren't just going to magically change all of a sudden. No, it's still a Souls game through and through. All the mechanics, same mechanics are still there. All, everything. But what I wanted to kind of bring to the table is, is this the whole accessibility question? Do studios need to make games easier or give you an option to make the game easier for everybody. And I believe we've had this discussion here before. Uh, so I'm kind of just going to reiterate some of the things that I've, uh, that I've said on this topic before. For me personally, I am always going to leave that decision up to the dev, whether they want to do that or not. They have a vision. They're going to create that vision. And if that's what they want to do and that's how they wanted to bring it to fruition, great. 
I am not going to be the person to say, oh, they should have made it. They should have made it more accessible. The biggest reason I say that, I don't know how to build games. I don't know any devs like that for real. So I don't have nobody to go to talk to and be like, hey, why, why wouldn't you be able to do that? Why not make it more accessible? So I'm always going to go back to if the dev decides to make it more accessible, then great. If they don't, then guess what? The game isn't for you. Can that be unfortunate for some people that really want to jump into it? Oh, I really want to play, for example, a Souls game, but it's, there doesn't, there's not an easy mode, so I can't enjoy it. Well, Souls games are more than just about the story. It's designed a certain way to be frustrating. For the game, like I explained it last night on uh, Xbox Ultimate, the game wants you to play the game the way the game wants you to play. Not the way you want to play the game. Yes, do you have the option to play your style? Sure, magic, uh, upfront combat, sitting back, whatever that may be. Yeah, but at the same time, the game is going to bend and break you to understand the mechanics of the bosses, how the different people fight, um, what weapons are going to work. Do you need to use two-handed? Do you need a shield? Um, do, would you rather use some magic? It's going to bend and break you to make sure that you understand these things. Like OCD Gamer says, it wouldn't be a Souls game if it has an easy mode. I have to agree with you on that, OCD, 100%. The whole reason these games get the attention that they do is because of that fact. It's meant to challenge you. And what's crazy to me is people are begging for easy modes in games, but back in the day, you either beat the game or you didn't. It just shows me we have a generation of people, and it's crazy because it's a lot of the times for gamers that are on average 30 years old, I know that you played games without a memory card before. I know that you've left your console on all night. And had your mom or somebody come in and turn off your console and you had to start completely over. I know these things. So for people to come out and say, oh, and this needs to be easier. Do you not remember where we just came from? Where you didn't have an option? You either beat the game or you didn't. If you died, guess what? You're going back to the beginning of the stage. Crash Bandicoot used to be annoying as hell to me when I was younger. God damn, I got to start this whole level over? Oh, I gotta start, I gotta start this whole boss fight over? God damn. Ninja Gaiden, same thing. God damn. I gotta start the whole fucking level? Like, I literally, well, one of the things, because I went back to Ninja Gaiden here recently, um, in just the first game, it, didn't, it doesn't hold up well. At combat, everything, it just doesn't hold up well. Like, not only are you facing the difficulty of the game, but you're also fighting the difficulty of uh, the screen movement, like moving your camera and everything. That was annoying as hell. So I'm with the Ninja Gaiden 2, which plays so much better. But those games are known for being difficult. Again, another game that forces you to understand how the game works. Accessibility is always an option, whether it be to you or it be to the dev. And if the dev misses out on your dollar because they did not make it accessible enough for you, guess what? That's their loss. 
I understand that people want to play this game, that it wants to be easy, but that's just not the way that it works. UK Lad says, how far do you go with easy mode though? I mean, you know there's people who will find it easy mode, uh, who will find easy mode difficult and will demand an even easier mode. That is the problem because there's no limit to it. It's like Forza, let's use Forza as the best example. I don't, I'm not personally a fan of the fact that Forza has a mode that you literally don't have to drive the car. It does everything for you. I'm not a fan of that. So I do commend them for giving that option. Because I can understand somebody who either has a wheel, has a controller, and just going through the motions and them just having a good time. I completely understand that. Gaming is mainly supposed to be fun. Just because I, as a gaming advocate, gaming enthusiast, who likes to, the challenge of playing PvP games against other people, because other people are completely different from playing the AI or playing a computer or anything else like that. People are unpredictable. Humans are unpredictable. So as someone who enjoys that challenge, and that to be brought into part of the, big, the biggest reason why he enjoys these Souls games, for example, that's an awesome thing for me. Do I expect for everybody else to feel that same way? No. If it's not for you, it's not for you. I don't want you to beat your head up on the wall because the game's too challenging. I don't want you to try to beat the game. You're not forced to beat it. Don't buy the game if you know that it's going to be challenging. And that's why I always will say when people ask, hey, um... Should I, should I buy a Souls game? Do you like Souls games? That's my first question every time. Have you played something similar to it? No, I'm not gonna suggest it to you then. And it's not because the game's not good, it's because I know what's gonna happen. I've been playing games long enough to see not only on the multiplayer side, but also on single player side, when you have games that challenge you, people blame the game and then stop playing. It happens all the time in multiplayer. People blame the game instead of blaming their own skill. People were, tons of people were doing that on, for Halo when it came out. Oh, uh, the game is trash. Oh, these guns aren't that great. Don't, it don't work. Oh, it, it, the lag, oh. No, it's just, you're not getting the headshots. So you're not killing people. It matters in those games. Souls, you're not being patient enough. You're not taking your time. So you're gonna get frustrated. Cause I've just seen 20 people on Twitter, main example, put up videos saying, oh, that's why I don't play Souls games. And they're running directly into the boss, just swinging. And then when the boss pokes them multiple times over and over again, and they don't roll, they just keep trying to melee them. That's not the game, that's you. There's a roll there for a reason. There's a movement there for a reason. So the whole accessibility thing, again, for me is if the dev wants to give you that option, great. If they don't, guess what? They're not going to get that dollar from you. And that's okay. I understand that you want to play these games, but if you want to play these games, learn how to play the game. And if you don't find that fun, then the game wasn't meant for you. It's that simple. No matter how much you want to play the game. 
I'm all for that. I'm all for accessibility. I'm all for um, like Xbox has with the accessibility controller, um, making it easier for anybody who has any kind of handicap to remap controls and do whatever they want. I think that is such a great thing. I am not a fan of trying to make devs bend the knee or force them or bully them into whatever we want them to do. That is our number one problem in our industry right now. Too much consideration for what the how the people feel. Make your game. Now, if you have a service-based game, oh yeah, you have to go off the community. There's also a limit to that. Everything has a limit. And you have to be bold enough, as FromSoft has done, bold enough to stick to your guns and say, no, this is my game. We'll make it more open world. And I bet that was one of the number one considerations that they took in there. How do we make it more accessible for people? Oh, well, people like open world games. Let's make it an open world. Oh, let's give you a horse. So you, and you, you can fight people on a horse. Now, is it the most intuitive ever horse combat in any game? No. Does it work, though? Yes. Will it be better over time? Probably. Can be debatable. It's going to be different for different people, but they did implement things to make it more accessible. If it's still not for you at this point, then the games are not for you. Just like somebody playing a simulator, uh, again, playing a racing game, full simulation, and expecting for your car engine not to start fucking up when you start running people off the road or bumping into people. No, man, it's simulation. Like, let's use some common sense here. And that's the only thing that, that, that kind of bothers me about it is that a lot of people don't end up using their kind of common sense in this. Ham Solo brings up a great point. Easy mode used to be cheat codes. GTA, that's all we used to do back in the day. I'm running amok. Once you beat the story, I'm I'm playing the game to enter cheat modes, spawning in a random jet, and just destroy random shit. There was so much fun to be had there. That's, that was great about games back in the day. There was cheat codes for it. But the devs obviously made that an accessible option. The devs did that. It wasn't somebody just went into the game all of a sudden, oh, I figured out the cheat codes. No, it was there. There was button inputs for it. Left, right, up, down, LB, RB. It was put in place. So except for Game Shark. Game Game Shark. Game, game Shark was complete. That was completely broke the, broke the game. Yeah, yeah, that was completely <laughs> breaking the game. Um I didn't finish his uh, sentence. He said they should bring back that back for people that want to play, but shut it off, uh, but shut off achievements for that save. Yeah, and I love when games do that. When they say, hey, you can do this, but you're not gonna get any achievements for it. Or yeah. you can do this or you're, well, whatever the stipulation may be. I love when games do that. So at least you understand that you are using this accessibility option to play the game. So at the end of the day, I'm also going to say he said he got cheat codes for Sifu and Elden Ring on day one. Hey man, to each their own. People that review games, that's, that's been a common thing. People have unlimited health and everything else from them to play the game. It's hard for me to respect people's opinions who do that. But if it's, make, if it's helping make the experience more enjoyable for you, cool. But if it's not there, I'm not going to beg the dev to put it in the game. I want the dev to create their vision. And I think we're moving into a generation where 
I think that's the most important thing where devs just need to make their game. And whether the people buy it or not, you'll know whether that game was worth it or not. And they kind of go from there. Um, so Pong, mm. this whole accessibility kind of conversation has popped up again uh, because of yeah. Elden Ring and other games that are like it. Yep. Um, and then the conversation about giving the option to handicapped players and things like that. Um, how do you feel about this discussion? Again, this isn't the first time that we've talked about it. Probably won't be no. the last time that we've talked about it, that we'll talk about it. But do you have kind of in a different opinion than what you've had before? And what do you kind of want to reiterate for the people on how you personally feel, especially with this one being more accessible, at least to you, which is also an interesting take. So. Yeah, I think this is um, this is multifaceted, as with most big discussions. And I think there's a lot of conflating that happens when people get into this conversation. So, look, it's a sensitive subject uh, because with disabilities, you have one set um, of accessibility issues that people feel that should be um, that should be corrected in every game, right? So that people of all disabilities can play, have the opportunity to play all games. Okay, look, first of all, let me let me state this for the record. I have zero problems with easy modes. I have zero problems with accessibility. I have zero problems 100%. with anybody, okay? And then you have the other side. Then you have the gatekeeping exactly. members of the community who say that somehow having an easy mode, having accessibility options suddenly dis diminishes the prestige of beating one of those games that they themselves feel. Again, an ego side of things. I beat Dark Souls, therefore I'm a better game player than the people who can't beat Dark Souls. And if you give them an easy mode, that somehow dis diminishes my achievement, right? Okay, two separate sides here, okay? I will also state for the record that I'm firmly in the same camp as Steel, that this is up to the developers. And I will not dictate to a developer how they should make a game in any way, shape, or form. If a game is not for me, it's not for me, whatever the case may be. I am not going to dictate to anybody that they should change their story because I want a different story. Right. Or they should change their mechanics because I want to play differently. Right. Okay. Period. Point blank. That should be left up to the devs. Again, you can have conversations around it. You can suggest to the devs, hey, uh, we over here, uh, we have these sets of disabilities we'd like to see addressed in the games. But at the end of the day, if the dev does not have the time or want to put in the time, does not have uh, the resources, uh, nor wants to go find the resources to do these things, then that's on the dev. They lose your sale, okay? They they lose the ability to gain another sale because they did not address that. But at the end of the day, you cannot be mad at the developer and start attacking them because they did not make a game for you. Exactly. I do not. I do not Probably. believe in dictating that stuff. Okay. At all. I, I just don't. Again, 
I'll just, I'll just use myself as an example because I'm speaking from personal. I can't speak for everybody. Everybody has the right to do whatever they want to. Again, I'm all about free speech. Go do whatever you want to. I'm just saying you got to be careful with how you go. The, the Last of Us 2 does not exist for me because of the story. Okay? I was upset that I didn't get The Last of Us 2, but I'm not personally attacking Naughty Dog for not making the story the way I want it. Same goes for Disney-fied Star Wars. Disney fight Star Wars is not for me. Okay. Okay. It's not, but I've learned to come to accept the fact, Hey, it's not, I have the game. I have the movies and the games like the last of us one last of us. One is one of the greatest games of all time for me. It's in my top all time list. Okay. But that's the only one that's going to exist because I didn't get the story I wanted, but I'm not going to dictate to naughty dog outside of the fact they're not getting my sale. I'm not going to dictate the naughty dog. Hey, you have to do this. You have to make the game. I want it. No, that's not the case. So again, I know it's two different things, but at the same time, all I'm stating is that I'm not going to dictate the devs and I don't want other people trying to dictate to the devs that every game has to be for everyone. No, 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 no. There's a game for everyone, but not every game is for everyone. Exactly. Okay. So, so again, that's how I'm going to roll with this. But again, I have zero problems. I'm not one of those gatekeeping people. I'm not out here going, you can't have easy mode. You can't make it. No, I don't care. I don't care if somebody plays on easy where they press one button throughout the entire game and they beat the game. I don't care. That doesn't just diminish my accomplishment in that game. If I played it on a different difficulty level. Okay, in any way, shape or form, if they gave the option for people to run through Skyrim and just watch the story and basically every battle was one with one button press. Hey, more power to you. My hundreds of hours in Skyrim playing a completely different way would not be diminished because I know what I did and I don't care. I don't need validation from other people out there. Okay, I don't. I know what I did in that game. I'm proud of what I did in that game. I'm proud of the time I put in that game and how I played it. That's me personally. That's my own self worth. Okay. I don't, it does not take, get taken away because they're all of a sudden the dev decided to put in easy mode and make it more accessible for people. But again, it's up to the developer. If from software decided, Hey, we are going to try to get more people interested in our games. So what can we do to do that? Well, we're going to change the formula by making this open world Making the ability, like I was talking about in when we were talking about Elden Ring directly, you know, the ability for me to play it the way that I want to and go find my own way through exactly. the world. That's that's what they decided to do. But but if the limit is, and from software internally said, but we don't want to change our game and put an easy mode in it because part of what makes our game the what it is is the difficulty mm-hmm. and we don't feel or want to take the time to put that easy mode in right. then that's on them again if that means they don't get your sale hey that's their loss right that is their loss at the end of the day if that means that only you know i'm just going to throw out numbers it doesn't matter but only 15 people 15 million people play elden ring versus 20 million had they made an easy mode then that was their choice, right? That was a sacrifice they decided to make. I'm just not about dictating. Again, I understand this is a sensitive topic. I've watched videos on both sides of this. Um, There are some people with some very strong opinions on both sides. Again, I'm not down with the gatekeepers, 
but I'm also not down with basically creating a law that says developers must put an easy game, no, easy mode no. in here, and it must have all accessibility options in every single game, just so that everybody has an opportunity to play it. I'm not down with that, right? I, I, I'm just, I'm not down with telling people and dictating to people, especially creatives, right? That's that's like me saying that every artist must go draw a certain way or paint a certain way so that I like it. Okay, no, 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 no. That's not what you do for creatives. We are just going to have certain games that aren't for everybody. And that's okay. That's okay. The gaming industry is so gigantic out there. There is a game for everybody. Okay. And you can go find those games. Again, Forza Horizon, perfect example. Playground went to the extreme. Okay. With their accessibility options. Right. That was an internal choice they made. Right. So for them, hey, they opened it up. Their game exploded. It's at what, 18, 19 million players right now. More people are enjoying Forza Horizon than ever before. That was an internal decision they made, and it's completely was up to them. So, again, I will not tell from software that they have to do something they don't want to. Again, if they do it, I'm not going to have any problem with it whatsoever. I'm not going to care. Go for it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to care either. I'm not going to care. The only time it becomes a problem that I see from people is when they brag about how easy the game was or when they brag about how they beat the game. Yeah, That's when it becomes a problem. That's also a different discussion. If you're bragging about it, then you have a deeper problem at at, at foot for sure. Like it's not something you can't beat the game on easy and then complain how how easy the game was. Oh, I didn't have fun with it. Oh, this, that, another thing. Oh, all these problems. And it's like, uh, you didn't even play the game for real. (laughs) So that, that's when it comes. I mean, again, it is, uh, (laughs) Nick said some, some, some interesting things. Um, but like Ham Solo said, uh, games are like people. Not all are made for you to like. It is what it is. It's hundred percent correct. Um, sure. Then Nick goes on to say, "It's a sensitive topic for only sensitive people." Sorry, lol. Um, and Nick's, I feel you. I, I can definitely understand that and because at the end of the day, it shouldn't be a sensitive topic. Um, it should be able to, something that we can have discussions about and kind of leave it that, and then kind of go move forward from there. Because at the end of the day, whether you're playing a game on easy or not doesn't matter to me. Because if I really want that type of challenge, I'm going to play a multiplayer game. I'm going to play against an actual person because an actual person is always going to be more challenging, unpredictable. All these other games, you can yeah, and, to cl- and to clarify your statement too, steal a little bit. When you talk about somebody bragging about beating the game and it being easy, that's different from saying somebody out there who may have used the easy mode and came out, comes out and says, hey, I really enjoyed that game. Right. Yeah, I really no, enjoyed that game. Different. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't care how you enjoyed your game, but right. But, but again, if you're coming out here saying that game was so easy, I crushed it and you were on easy mode or using all the accessibility options when you didn't need to use the accessibility options. That's completely two different things. Or, right? when, you, or when you beat the game yeah. in six to eight hours, you're like, that yeah. game was short. Right. Right. Like, can't right. like Kana bridge of spirits. Oh, this is a six hour experience, eight hour experience, man. I played that game on hard and it took me fucking 30, 40 hours to beat the goddamn game. So it's like, I can't, I can't even listen to people's opinion on how long games take until I play them. 
Because at the end of the day, the amount it takes me, it's like Cyberpunk. Pong has over 200 hours in Cyberpunk, 300 hours in Cyberpunk, right? Still hasn't beat the game. I beat the game in 50 hours and I wasn't even trying (laughs) to beat the game. I wasn't. I just, I I was just playing it. Right. And enjoying it. Two different styles. Two different styles and, of play. and I got the best story, and I got the one, the best ending in the game. Right, exactly. And that's and, not and, the easiest thing to do. So it's like it's such right, an open exactly. Yeah, but it is, and it's all, and there's all it's such a wide range of different game players. Like Dan, the exactly, man Cunningham, he exactly. brings up a good point, and I've seen this argument used. I saw this argument used this week as to why there has to be an easy mode, yeah, right? And because they were they were trying to push, and again, again. I understand from a, when you have a disability that you want the option to be able to play every game. I, I understand that mentality. Like, Very hey, I sh-, but but unfortunately, it's, again, when it comes to the developers and people creating their vision, that's not the way it's going to work. And, and again, it's not just for people with disabilities. It's with everybody. Not everything is going to be for you. And like Dan said, he plays on easier mode more now as he gets older. And I saw the argument out there. Hey. We want to make these developers put easy mode in here because everybody, even if you don't have a disability, is going to get older and not going to be able to play video games as well as they used to. Look, I still, I'm getting older. Has my playing ability declined? Yeah, sure. There are times where I notice my playing ability has declined from when I was in my 20s. Absolutely. But at the same time, if I get to 80 and I have less games to play because there's just certain games I can't do anymore from a motor skill standpoint. Yeah. I'm cool with it. That's okay. I'm I'm not going to still, I'm not exactly. I'm not going to sit back and yell because the gaming industry has decided not to make games easier for me as an older player. I still will hold that same stance to that day. I will say, hey, those games, first person shooters, just aren't for me anymore. Now, I hope at that point we are strapped into virtual reality and I'm I'm living in my own world and I'm acting like I'm a 20 year old again. <laughs> I hope dope. that's the case. But if if not, if not, if we're still at the <laughs> stage of controller in hand and I, I just can't do exactly. it anymore. So be it. I'm not going to ask or demand. I should say ask. That's what it thing, is. It's I'm not going to demand the devs. That's my problem you know, change their game for me. I'm just not going to do that. I'm not built that way. I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to say, hey, that's cool. Game's not for me. I'm going to go find something else. And if it, I get to a point where I can't play any games, so be it. I just will not be playing any more video games. I'll be reading books or whatever's Whatever. comfortable for yeah. me at that point. Right? That's, that, that that's, that's it. what it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, at the end of the day, it's not like you could always go back and play your other games if that's the case. If, if, if you feel like you can't keep up, go back. It is yeah. what it is. I mean, it's it's different for different people. And Nixon that brings up another good point. <laughs> want and would like are completely yes. different things. Yeah, exactly. One hundred percent. And <laughs> but yeah, Ham Solo. I wish the NBA would lower the baskets down to five feet so I could dunk, so I could be an NBA player. Hey, me too. I've never I've never dunked <laughs> in my life. Yeah, let raise, raise the goal down so I can dunk. God damn it! <laughs> I feel it's not fair to me that I have never been able to jump that high. Right. So the NBA needs to change the goal stop. Goal stop. It's not enough. I could be a pro player, Steele, if the baskets were five feet high. I could be a pro. What? I could be a pro player (laughs) if I could shoot a thousand threes from the three point line. If I if they just made it closer. Yep. (laughs) And it'd be it'd be I'd be a pro player, millions of dollars. No, man, that's not the way life works. Like. 
just because we're playing games doesn't mean that life still doesn't have an effect on it. Like it's still you're still right. living in reality. And again, like right. Paul said, until we get strapped into a virtual world. Even then, I'm going to tell you straight up, if you think online bat is bad now, oh, yeah. wait until we get in a virtual reality <laughs> where people are really bu- cyber bullying you. Oh, right. my God. We're going to have a difficult, completely oh, different discussion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. But no, oh, I just, like funny. I said, I understand there's a lot of facets to it. And again, I don't agree with the gatekeeping for the people who say absolutely you cannot put an easy mode in no matter what, because it takes away from my accomplishment. I don't, I don't agree with you at all. And I, I, I just, like I said, I don't agree with the other side. If you are going to demand and try to make a law that says that the devs must put an easy mode or accessibility in no, their games. No, I don't agree with that either. So again, extreme sides, just with everything in life, there's extreme sides. I just leave it up to the devs. And I think Steel's in the same boat, obviously. Just yeah. leave it up to the devs. It's devs' vision, devs' choice. They know the sacrifices they make. At the end It'd of the be day. Great yep. if every game was accessible to all 3 billion people, but that just isn't the case. Person who plays Candy Crush is not going to turn around and suddenly get good at Call of Duty, nor should Call of Duty, nor should Activision have to make a mode for Candy Crush players that allows them to play Call of Duty just because they're, it's easier for them. I, I just, no, I, I'm sorry. That's not how it works. Yeah, no, it's that's not again. It's not life. It's not reality. It's it's just not. Um, call it what you want. Feel how you want to feel about it. It is what it is. Um, I think that was an amazing conversation coming off of Elden Ring, going to the accessibility thing again. Um, these are definitely going to be things that we're always going to bring up here and talk about because there are important conversations to have. Um, as we get further into the future, when more and more people get the attention, as gaming becomes more of a focus in the entertainment industry, as it kind of already starting to become as you see actors and everything uh, because apparently you can't use actresses anymore it's in the world that we live in everybody just has to be an actor um but now we're seeing them want to be get to want to be put in games why because you live forever it's like it's like uh (laughs) you know our chick rosario um in dying light She's she's for, she's going to get more attention now, or she's even um, in Mandalorian playing as uh, Ahsoka, like and she plays the role magnificently. You know what I'm saying? Like people are seeing that these these facets, these forms of entertainment, are also, especially in gaming, more important because I'll, I'll always sit on the side that gaming isn't just brainless activity. Watching TV is. You don't have to. There's no interaction with watching TV. Zero. Which is the biggest reason why the time that I would spend watching TV, I typically am playing the game. And that trade-off is like when I, when I get in a conversation with people, it's like, oh, you, you are, gaming is a waste of time. I ask, the first question I ask them, do you watch TV? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I watch TV. I, I watch the Super Bowl. I, do these, I watch football. I do, oh, but you can watch that for four hours at a time. But gaming is a problem. I'm constantly working on my hand-eye coordination, my motor skills. It takes so much more than just what people think. And I think as we move further into the future, there's there is so much, so much studies that have been done to prove so many people different from what the current kind of belief is, is that if you actually did the research, you would be able to see it. Um, and that's just that's our main point with this whole thing. It's, it's, it's a big conversation. We'll continue to talk about those things. Um, 
So with that being said, uh, that was an amazing conversation with that. Again, beautiful people that are still here. Greatly appreciate you all. Uh, definitely hit that like button, share us out. Um, and tell, tell a buddy about it. Hit that sub button if you haven't. Hit that bell notification so you know when we go live. Um, I have been trying to upload our upcoming game segment and our this day and game segment separately. Um, though life has kind of been crazy and I do value my game time a lot too. Um, and I it's kind of hard to take away from both of those. I know we talked about it in the beginning. Yes, we only do one show a week. Um, and I was kind of doing that to supplement that. Um, what I may end up doing is really spacing it out. If not releasing all the content same day, maybe wait a couple days, upcoming games, wait a couple days, this day in gaming. Um, maybe do something like that i haven't quite decided yet again this is going to be the main place that you're going to find our content um unless we get more time to do whatever the case um we'll definitely be looking into that we'll definitely be open and if you guys have any suggestions or you got questions and things like that um eventually if we get big enough i would love to have a a simple community questions hey Pong still, what do you think about these X and numbers? I think that would be an amazing thing where we just sit there and answer y'all's questions for a couple hours, whatever the case might be. Um, I think that would be whatever the case. I think it would be super dope. Um, but we got to get to that point. That's why we're on that mission to 1K. Uh, we're also, I think we can get 2K. Uh, again, I like to set my sights big, fall short. Cool. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not doing this to see a huge return from it. Would I like to? Would I like to be sponsored? Hell, goddamn right. I, I want Microsoft to pay me to be like, hey, I need you to do a show three times a week. And boom. Ah, all right, bet. I could be better than G4. Nice. Let's do it. Um, but. That would be, be an amazing thing to do, but it's just not, it's not reality. Um, there's not enough time in the world along with real life and things that are going on behind the scenes that make that such an accessible goal at this moment. Not saying that it can't. So um, definitely share us out and we kind of, we would we'll definitely hope to build from there. Uh, but with that real quick, um, I do want to mention Lego Star Wars has gone gold. Um, that was something again, supporting to me. It might not be important to anybody else. Lego Star Wars did come out back in the day. They're re-releasing the whole Skywalker saga and everything else. It's it's going to be a huge game. Um, there's so much content in that goddamn game. Um, Lego, the Lego games, again, not something that's for everybody, but the fact that you can have that co-op experience or whatever the case might be, even though I think it's a missed opportunity for them not to add online co-op, that's a huge missed opportunity. But... The fact that they still have that there, I think it's dope. Um, the fact that it's doing well, from what I've seen from the screenshots and the videos, it looks really good. I think it's going to be a fun time, especially if you're a fan of the Star Wars series, to go to play back through it. And Lego does so, though, the, you know, the creators of those games do so well, like kind of redoing the story in a, such a way where it's comical in a lot of ways. And it makes it a little bit more enjoyable. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, you got anything to say about Lego Star Wars? Just real quick. No, man, other than the co-op thing. I mean, again, I, 2022, I can't believe we don't have online co-op for a game I that think it's such was a missed like opportunity. Made, made for co-op. That is disappointing. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's a resource thing. I don't know if it's a netcode thing. I don't know if TT Games just is not set up to do it. But they should have, at this point, knowing that how big this release was, all the time that they have taken on this release 
to not have co-op yeah. Lego uh, Lego Star Wars or Lego, any Lego uh, game, it's, to it's not be online crazy. co-op is just, yeah, I, I would have thought they would have put a lot of effort to make that happen finally. Um, because again, I mean, I would jump in with you, Steel. I mean, yeah, I like the, I, I played all the Lego games with my kiddo. I don't play them anymore because I played them so much. I've almost picked up like the DC one, even right. though I'm not a superhero guy. I love the Lego series, but again, I always go, am I really going to put the time into a solo? No, but if I knew I could play online co-op with like you, hell yeah, yeah of course I would. Yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, would just be. have a yeah. fucking ball, laugh and shit like yeah. we typically do. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like exactly. One of the things we did with fucking um, The Ascent. We would just right. poon out. Right. We would just fucking cry, out. cry about random shit oh. throughout the fucking whole game. Uh, the Ascent, another good, great game if you haven't played it. Definitely play it. Yeah. Um, What else is there? I know this was something that you were definitely excited about, and I do like to bring up topics that we can kind of oppose on sometimes. So, yeah. Soul Hackers. Uh, yeah. Soul Hackers 2 um, yeah. by Atlas. Is this the first sign <laughs> that Atlas games are starting to come to the West sooner than later? Um, is it signs that there is something else going on behind the scenes? Uh, again, yeah, I can, I can definitely speak for... Uh, quite a few people out here that I would love for Xbox to acquire Sega um, just because there's history there. One, two, I think Sega being able to be money headed by Microsoft would do so much for Sega. Um, and we, we would get a lot of, a lot more of those Eastern games to come to the West a lot sooner than they do now. Um, but I will say it was surprising seeing this re-release. I was expecting for like, oh, it's only going to be over here. But that wasn't the case on this one, which is pretty dope. But uh, one to pass this off to you first, because you're the main one that's like, ah, this is an exciting thing. Um, so how do you feel about this whole Soul Hackers 2 situation and Atlas finally re- releasing, looking like they're going to release more games onto the Western market, man? How does that, how does that make you feel? Well, of course, it makes me feel good. I've been calling this forever, right? Still, this yeah. is Atlas. Uh, you know, them, them not putting games, especially with the relationship on Xbox, especially with the relationship that Xbox has with Sega, has been absolutely baffling to me. Like, it makes zero sense whatsoever. I mean, unless Sony has purchased full exclusivity for Persona 5, to not have Persona 5 on Xbox is utterly ridiculous. Now, this is... This is a big overall topic as well, um, as far as as Japanese developers yes. putting traditionally Eastern style games on Xbox. People out here, I mean, we see it in this community. The circus shows up every freaking time. They did with this announcement as uh. well, and say, "But Xbox players don't buy Japanese games." Look, <laughs> you can't have a fan base yeah. if you're not going to cultivate it. Okay, there is. A, Yes, the stigma is real because back in the day, Eastern devs looked over at Xbox, a Western company, and there was a lot of cultural stuff happening in the background as much as that's all sensitive nowadays where, yeah, the Eastern side of devs, they can be stereotypical towards Western companies, and that's what used to happen with Microsoft, right? Microsoft was the big, bad Western company that the Eastern devs really didn't want to work with. And also from Microsoft's side, they didn't put a whole lot of effort into the Eastern devs as well. They made themselves the shooter, the the dude shooter bro box for a reason, right? They knew they could capitalize on that market and they 
pushed it right and so they also did their own damage in isolating the eastern devs and not opening up doors however during the 360 era they tried and they still were rebuffed they had to pay out of pocket a lot of money to get some exclusive games like lost odyssey blue dragon those types of games to get those games made exclusive for xbox and it didn't work out the best but you just don't stop it takes a long time to change views on both sides right it does you have to cultivate this now phil has come in with the philosophy ever since he took over that yes we want in on that market of course they do but these devs that have seemingly been resistant to even trying that makes no sense and atlas even more so like i started saying with the relationship with sega sega putting yakuza into game pass and seeing the big deal monstrous growth big deal. from a fan base that was non-existent people in this community that had never touched a yakuza before shout out to Stubbs, shout out to tim dog these people that have never touched or thought of touching a yakuza before got a chance to try yakuza and fell in love with those games that's what i'm talking about cultivating that market you have to try okay and atlas okay now let's put it this way now let's bring it full full you know let's bring it forward to right now um we are getting this game from atlas which means a decision was made uh early in development cycle which we can probably imagine was a two three year dev cycle for this game Mm -hmm. somewhere in that neighborhood so that means that when we first started hearing about this, you know, this real push and Phil's been over in Japan over the past five years, four years, a lot pushing. So maybe in that time frame, he did change some minds. Again, it still makes no sense to me that Persona 5 still is not hit. But the fact that this game is coming out means they made that decision. So could we finally see a shift here with Atlas specifically? Yeah, I think we could. I hope this is not a test game. We've gotten one. We've basically gotten one Atlas game each generation, except for Xbox one, where we got none, but we got one, you know, we got one for the original Xbox. We got another one uh, during the 360 era. uh, And now we're getting this one. So basically (laughs) it's pretty crazy to think about with all the Atlas catalog, but that's basically what it's been. So if they have made the decision, I'm just hoping this is not the testing game because this is like, okay. Out of Atlas games, like this is niche, okay? Because they're like I was telling Steel in the background, yeah. there are probably some <laughs> Atlas fans who don't even realize that this right here, because of the name, okay, Soul Hackers. Soul Hackers one was on 3DS, I want to say. Uh, it came on 3DS, okay. Soul Hackers is actually the original spinoff Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoners. So, yeah, so Devil Summoners goes back to the Saturn days. I always say PS2 because nobody had the Saturn besides me and a handful of people, right? So you're not even going to know that Devil Summoner. Okay, a little history for everybody. Shin Megami Tensei is what started the whole Atlas really come up. Okay, Shin Megami Tensei was huge in Japan. It slowly filtered into the West as a JRPG that everybody fell in love with. We're talking about some of the deepest themes of all. uh, JRPGs can have really deep themes. We're talking about Bible level stuff here with Shin Megami Tensei. Okay, if you want to dive into the lore, yo, 
it gets really deep and dark. Okay. So Shin Megami Tensei started it. Then they had spinoff series from Shin Megami Tensei. One of them being Persona. Okay. Persona obviously blew up, uh, really became popular in the West as the years went by. Uh, Persona 4, and again, when I say blow up, I'm not talking about your AAA 20, you know, 15, 20 million seller. Okay. No, no. I'm just talking about as far as popularity with a fanatical fan base. Okay. Persona 4 Golden, which has never been on console. Okay. Which needs to come to console. It started out on uh, PlayStation uh, Vita um, and then finally got ported over to PC. Okay. Persona 4 Golden is what really put them on the map. Persona 5 obviously blew up. In the meantime, you got Shin Megami Tensei mainline. Then you got a spinoff with the Persona series, which kind of has become its own mainline game. And then you also had another spinoff, Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner. Okay. Devil Summoner, again, niche. Okay. Niche. Very niche. They changed the name to Soul Hackers, bring it out on 3DS. It remains niche. People love it, but it remains very niche. So, I do not want Soul Hackers 2 to be the testing ground because if you're expecting big sales out of this on the Xbox side, yeah, no, okay, you're not going to get big sales anywhere on this game. But because it's Atlas, because Atlas now has a name with Persona, you should definitely see a bump because there's a lot of people excited, like myself, that it's finally showing up on Xbox. So you should see a bump on the Xbox side of things because people like me are going to buy it to support this, right? To say, okay, I'm just happy you're bringing over something. I think this is going to be a great game. The animation is off the charts. There's a bunch of anime people that are excited about this game as well. It's well known in the community as well. So Soul Hackers 2 could do okay. I just hope it's not the testing one. Hold on, because... Jesse Darby's been saying some interesting things. Um, and he okay. just and he just said, "Well, did you guys just say the developers should be able to do what they want? Uh, what yes. to do? You're contradicting yourselves." No, because I'm asking for Atlas to do it. I'm asking Atlas for it to do it. I've been asking for Atlas, just like I've been asking Square Enix to make sure all their games come to Xbox. I'm not demanding by any stretch of the imagination. I'm saying that if you want to cultivate a fan base on the Xbox side, you do have to try. And that's all I'm saying. And I also said that it was also Microsoft and Xbox's fault for a lot of the alienation they did early on that caused the Eastern developers never to look our way, right? So no, Jesse, not the same. I'm not dictating that a developer has to do anything. I'm asking for them to do it. And I'm saying, hey, if you want a bigger fan base and you want to sell more titles and you want to get over that stigma, with xbox then you have to try and put your titles here and i can't believe from a developer standpoint you're trying to avoid those sales but again just like i said with the accessibility if you choose not to put it on xbox platform that's your choice you're sacrificing the sales right you're sacrificing the sale right same thing if a developer chooses not to create accessibility or create an easy mode and that means less people buy their game that's the sacrifice they're making. Same exact same thing. But same energy here, Jesse. See, my thing same with energy. that too is that yep. that is less what we're talking about right now is less about the dev and more about who's publishing the game and where they want to put the game at. It's more about control right. than anything else. So to say right. that, oh, it's even similar to each other is inaccurate. Looking too deep at what we're saying to you instead of 
or this to anybody. I'm not directing this at Jesse Darby. Jesse Darby's good people. Definitely check him out. Um, he has an amazing opinions, and I definitely respect him. Um, but to assume to look deeper into what we are saying is not the purpose of any of what we do here. What we are saying on surface level is exactly what we're saying. Like yeah. earlier, he had a discussion. Oh, they're using the dunk thing as a as an example. It's not a good example because not everybody can dunk. We know that, but. Yeah. It's an example that makes it tailored for people to understand what we're trying to bring across. That's the whole right. thing about it. No, right. everything is not hand in hand with each other. You can't compare this to this because it's, oh, we like, like saying this whole thing. Oh, well, oh, you said the devs should do whatever they want. This is different. Hmm. No matter how you try to spin that ball. Now, if it is completely up to the devs, we're not saying at any point that we're demanding that they need to do this. Just like right. we said with the whole accessibility thing, if right. they want to make more sales, yep. this is what you're going to want to do. Or this is what right. I, we feel you should do. Right. Right. That's not contradicting yourself. That's no. bringing points up that make sense, especially when you're talking about something like Pong has stated, has been alienated or has been made to seem that it does not do well in the Western market. Although now... Over the last five years, anime itself has become bigger than it ever has before. Yep. Anime is a main staple now in our Western market. People love it. People enjoy it more than they have ever have within the last 40 years of animation. That is a fact. We don't get right. these games because they are not Western style games. Right. And more and so times than not, it's because of the publisher not sending it that way. Not necessarily because of the of the devs or the devs. The devs want as many people to touch the game as they want. As they want to. But this isn't an accessibility question. This is how are more people going to be able to touch your game? Everybody has accessibility to Elden Ring. Everybody might not be good at it. Right. <laughs> that's and and that's all I want all I want to say here because I do yeah. notice that people tend to do that and again, it's a human thing. Sometimes I do it and I got to sit back and say, "All right, well, let me think about it a few different ways here." <laughs> because everything isn't always, "Oh, let me let me pull out all the all the little strings in between so I can find out what you're really trying to say." I don't have to sugarcoat shit shit here with anybody i speak my opinion i speak how i feel and i'm going to tell you what i think that's what makes this show that we do together so unique because we're not rehearsing this stuff this is boom this is how we feel this is what we think and i want people to understand that because i do understand also that there are other people shows who placate to people placate to an audience pretend to be something that they're not there's a popular show that happens every week, quite a few of them, that get so much more attention than we could ever get, at least at this moment, where they're in the above the thousands, five thousands, ten thousands, that are spewing BS to people that I do not agree with. And if you did a little bit of research, you'd be able to see that same thing. It's, it's just BS. They're just saying stuff to say stuff. Or they're just giving their opinion. And that's okay. But it's not to get mixed in with, oh, we're 
people contradicting themselves. No, it's completely different little bit of a situation. I didn't mean to get off in that tangent right there, but it's just like, again, <laughs> it's I'm, I'm human also. When I see things like that, it, it does bother me because it's like you're you're showing me as much as I love to see all the conversation in the chat, and this is part of the reason why we do this, but it's showing me that you're you're trying to pull out certain things that aren't there. You're trying to say things that we're not saying. And if you actually were listening to exactly to what we're saying, you wouldn't be able to make that comparison. That's just me. So. No, I agree. No, no, don't worry about it, brother. Hey, free flowing show. This is what we do here. No, I, I, I mean, again, I agree. Like I said, to me, if you want to take that viewpoint, I understand what you're doing uh, and how you're connecting those dots. I understand completely yeah, what you're, completely. you're doing. And again, love Jesse. Yeah, if they don't do that, uh, then always, always be, but, but, but yeah, same Jesse. point. I'm going to tell you it's the same. I'm going to tell you it's the same energy because I don't want a law that says every exactly. company has to bring every game everywhere. Look, no. we're about to see that where the FTC may dictate that Microsoft and Xbox have to bring certain games to every platform. We might actually see that happen. Right. I don't agree with it. But I understand why it's happening and why Xbox would be okay with it. But again, I would never say, yeah, that should be a law. Every developer has to put every game everywhere. No, no I still have the option to, go to buy a PlayStation if I want Persona 5, right? Yeah. I, I, again, that's why I had PlayStation out the gate last generation was because they offered me more things that I wanted, including JRPGs, yeah. right? So all I'm saying here is that Atlas in 2022, with the relationship that's out there with Sega, I don't understand why they're not bringing here to cultivate a nude audience. But again, if they choose not to, like they have, so be it. That's their loss. I will say my opinion that they're losing out on a lot of sales the same way with the accessibility issue. It's the same energy. It doesn't make any difference either way. I'm not demanding that they do anything, okay? I'm not. I just really love JRPGs. I love Atlas games, and I'd love to see them on Xbox. So yes, because currently I only own an Xbox. I would love to be able to play those games on my Xbox. Yeah. But if they choose not to, they choose not to. I have the d- decision to make. So no big deal. Um, I just really hope this is a start. Like I was saying, Steel, I hope this is not the test because this is a niche title. Yeah. Um, that That's my I, other but, thing. Like, yeah, but I think... But I think time frame wise with, like I said, going projecting back with when this decision would have had to have been made would have right. been early in the development process. So we're talking two, three years ago. That's when prior to COVID uh, that that Phil was over in Japan a lot talking to people. So maybe some of that movement we are now going to see going forward where maybe some of these people resistance. <laughs> Are you serious? Resistant to uh, resistant to putting their games on Xbox do yeah. start to put their games on Xbox at this point. That's where I'm at. But I'm happy to see it. I will be supporting it. I'll be buying it day one. I've already reworked my budget again as I look forward and I'm projecting out these games. Again, there's so much we don't even know yet. Yeah. But exactly. I am going to pick up Atlas. <laughs> Just like when when Dang and Rampa and we already talked. I talked yes. about this a few weeks ago when Dang and Rampa finally showed up. Shout out to Spike Shunsoft for putting it finally on Xbox. I've been calling for the whole entire series to come, and I hope they eventually do. But Danganronpa came onto Game Pass. Guess what? I purchased that game in support of that because I want more of those Eastern-style games coming over. I personally made the decision to purchase the game. I didn't go around demanding everybody do it. I just did it for me. But that's what I did. I didn't have to. It was in Game Pass. I could have saved my budget, but I chose to because I, I'm plotting them finally bring over Danganronpa 
to Xbox, the first one at least. Um, and I wanted to show that support. Again, for all those people out there that say Xbox players don't buy games, they just sit around and wait for Game Pass. Yeah, not true. Not true at all. So uh, I mean, even if that was the case, why are you mad that gamers have more of an excess have have more options than ever before? Right. Right, exactly. Exactly. So still, I know you're not a big Atlas guy, but you kind of got your bars off there. But at the same time, um, as the kids like to say, sometimes I pick up words that I'm same just time? like, God, I, I got it. It's the same. <laughs> at the same time, whatever. Uh, how do you feel about uh, how do you feel about uh, Atlas? Um, again, for me, it's it's a very unique thing because I'm right there with with wanting more Eastern style games to come over to the West because there is a market for that now, especially now, maybe back in the day when you had to pay $60 for all your games and you were taking a, a bet on whatever game you were basing the game, especially Eastern style games. If you're basing it off the cover, Oh, you might be thinking it's one game and it's a completely different game. You know what I mean? And now, especially in the era where there's more options, you can see gameplay, you got reviews, you got so many other things that are working in your favor. You also have a service that allows you to get access to them. For example, like Scarlet Nexus. Um, I feel like it being Game Pass probably did some amazing things for that. Got some more eyes on it than it typically would have. And it's an amazing game. Um, it's, it's an opportunity that speaks to me at least that there may be something bigger happening towards the future and i really hope that this opens up that consideration to that eastern market more to say hey let's really let's really start considering the west let's really start putting these games here let's really start doing these different things um just because it's going to make it better for everyone in the long run now if they end up doing it again like we kind of stated earlier and uh, if we, if they don't end up doing that, then it is what it is. Again, they're gonna they'll lose out on that, and they may not grow that. But I'm always for seeing more of particular IPs that people are interested in that probably wouldn't have gotten a day, uh, you know, the light of day, regardless. Um, and then real quick, Jesse Darby says, "And I don't hate on you because you got your own opinion or pong or anybody else in the community." And no, it's and it's none of, it's none of that here, but. What I'm always going to speak to is uh, the air, the the area that I come from, and I'm always very honest on um, on my opinions and the way that I feel about things. Um, and again, I'm not not attacking you directly, and I don't want you to feel that way. Nobody should ever feel that way. That's why I always say that you know our chat is amazing because you guys have open opinions, and because we're all, we are able to look at chat, we're able to open up the conversation more and say, hey, you know, this is what we're looking at as where other people would be like, no, it's it's this or the highway. No, I mean we're here for differing opinions. Um, and it's the same, and it's the same thing with this whole Atlas situation. Um, differing an opinion from me is that I want them to come over. I, I want them to make more games on this way because it has been very one-sided. Uh, you you want to force people to buy a particular console to play on that platform where it doesn't have to be that way. Now we can say that for exclusives. We can say that for anything else, and then eventually get to a point where we're like, hey, uh, well, what's the point of having that box if everything's going to be everywhere? At the end of the day, there's always going to be something to give you a reason, um, uh, giving giving you a reason for the certain for the way things should be. Um, 
<laughs> Jesse Darby says, uh, well, the one guy in chat using Jordans is is a thing on the topic. It was kind of stupid because it only cost them a dollar to make Jordans. Um, they're only regular <laughs> shoes. Yeah, I, that's a completely different thing. If we were, <laughs> if we were to talk about that, um, yeah, there's a lot of um, unfortunate things happening, especially for us as Americans who don't realize a lot of the a lot of the BS that happens with the, with slave work and slave labor and things like that. Um, again, <laughs> that's a perfect example. Making shoes for yeah. less than five dollars and yeah. selling them at a hundred percent markup. Like. <laughs> Econ- economic accessibility is a whole yeah. another topic for a whole different type of podcast. Okay, that's like. But woo. I understand. Yeah, I, that's, I definitely, that's I definitely a understand. Goal. I definitely yeah. understand what you're coming from. Um. Uh. No, I don't agree with that. But yeah. I don't think anybody should be able to pull politics. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah. We're not yeah, here yeah, to tell people what no. they need to be doing. Um, I don't feel no. like anybody should that do that. And no. for people to come from that angle, like, oh, you should do this. No, oh. this is just what we would like for you to do. This is what yeah, we... And I, and, and you know what, Still, I see a lot of people, too, on the other side. Again, there's a whole other side to this equation. Now, I where people mm. literally, I don't care about that game. So I don't want that. I've seen that this yeah, topic that's, comes that's up. I've that's, seen this topic come up and say, like oh, JRPGs are worth it. Xbox doesn't need any of those games. Stop focusing on that stuff. I've seen that in chats on panels that I've been on before where people are so, they again, for me, I may not, I don't like Candy Crush. Okay, but if 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 part of this Activision Blizzard deal is that Candy Crush comes to Xbox, cool. I'm cool with that. There are games out there that other people play, like uh, very uh, like let's say uh, near, uh, the the heavy Fortnite. the book. You write Fortnite, like <laughs> like I me, would man, never like. say I don't want that game to come somewhere yeah. because I'm not interested in it. I want people to have the choice that wherever they play, right. that they can find a game that they want to enjoy. Again, I'm not going to dictate that every game has to come everywhere. But when we talk about this stuff, I would like to see other games come. Let's say book uh, heavy narrative driven games, right? That are basically right. they're uh, what are they? Uh, uh, visual novels visual novels okay i don't do visual novels now i've played games that are sort of visual novels right right? but i have not played like visual novels but i would never say if there was a community out there saying because there's a lot of um visual novels that come from the east that come from japanese developers that we don't see over here so if there's a group of fans out there asking for more visual novels to come because that's what they play and they want to see them on xbox yeah i'm all for it ask I, i Hey, bring them on over, even though I'm not going to play them. I don't care. I just want people to be able to find the games that they want where they where they play them. Right. Again, it's it's no different energy than anything, but I'm not going to demand it. And I'm yeah. not going to say there should be a law that says that that has to happen. So I just want to see and cheer on. But there's a whole nother side that literally say, no, stop wasting your time on that stuff. We don't need those games over here. We don't need JRPGs. I don't play JRPGs. Bring opinion. me more first person shooters. Look, look, that's fine if that's all you play and that's what you want. I understand, but do not try to bring people down who are asking for something to come over, just like I won't bring down people who ask for accessibility. The point, the line, the line I draw is demanding or attacking over it, or you know, trying to create some kind of law that that has to happen. That's where I draw the line on anything. Absolutely not. I don't agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I guess the next conversation that we could definitely jump into is because um, again, I, f- I feel like that was extremely passionate or what is amazing yeah. thing. Um, we'll probably yeah. use this one to kind of to 
bookend it and uh, wrap it up. And we can take it a couple of different ways, depending on what you want to do, Pong. Um, I'll get your, definitely want to your opinion on it. Um, there was a conversation that Jeff got brought up about um, PlayStation Spartacus, the, the new tier system. Oh, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was actually shared that out. Um, for some reason, I don't see it in our chat now, but it was just, uh, it was just a real quick thing. From everything that we've seen from it so far, um, it doesn't look much different than what you're currently having now on Sony uh, with PlayStation. Um, except there, there's going to be more games apparently that are going to be coming in. Um, I felt like there wasn't a whole lot to at least touch on with that, but I did want to come, uh, did want to bring that up because um, it's a real thing. Uh, if people thought that this was not going to happen, it was a fake thing, or the service wars aren't going to start, um, that we're not moving from console wars to service wars. You may, I mean, you might be slightly mistaken. The service wars are going to be are really going to be full in effect, and that's where we're going to move into. Um, I, I just sent it to you still, by the way. Okay, perfect. Um, so yeah, let me actually let me actually bring this up real quick. Because yeah, he made a pretty little graphic to go along with it. Yeah, he did. Uh, so let me let me let me see if I can bring <laughs> grub this out of here doing the Lord's the work. I'm telling you. Uh, let's see if I can bring this up for the people real quick. Window cap. We want to do. Yeah, that's Mav. Good to see you, brother. Thanks What's for going dropping on, in. Mav? All right, Mister. So... I've died already a thousand times <laughs> in, in Elden Ring. <laughs> it's funny. funny if you go back and watch uh, Mav streams where he's streaming Elden Ring. Basically, the first night he didn't, his camera wasn't working, so all you do is get his voice, and it's exactly what we hear in chat. And every five minutes, like, oh no, oh. No, that's not what I meant to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mav dying, dying over. I think Mav had died literally like 15 times before I died my first time, the first night we were playing. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, love you, Mav. Uh, yeah, much uh, love to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Jeff Grove, because he talked about it last night on um, on his show, and Games Beat Decides. Uh, so shout out to them. Definitely check them out uh, with him and um, Mike Minotti. Uh, but Mike, he says, yeah. Plus Essential is $10 as monthly games like normal. Extra is $13 and gets you what seems to be downloadable library of PS Now games only. And PS Plus Premium is $16 per month and gets you cloud streaming, classic games, and game trials. Again, if you use that in comparison to what your competitor is doing, it doesn't seem to be very enticing. But we'll know what actually ends up coming out of this when they announce it. Um, I hope that it's going to be a lot more than this, but this could be beneficial for a lot of different people. But um, as you see the graphic here, um, you see how it's broke down and everything, and then you see the different prices and everything. Um, again, there's not too much to really speak on um, as far as this goes until we get more information of it, but at least from someone who is very informed by the industry, I should say, has connections and everything else, for him to come out with something like this and also add, a, add in a graphic with it shows that this may be the way that they're going and I don't know how beneficial this, gonna, this can end up being. Hong, uh, do you have any feelings about this, or do you just want to kind of drop it and say, "Oh, oh, God, steal this"? Look, we've talked about this many times, right? And we've talked about what Sony could do, what they need to do to uh, attempt. Again, it's never going to be one for one with Game Pass. 
They just don't have the resources to do that. I understand that. Everybody who's discussed it, at least in all the podcasts, including this one and you, Steele, understand that as well. I don't think I've heard anybody say, well, yeah, it's going to go toe-to-toe with Game Pass. No, it's not going to go toe-to-toe with Game Pass. But this ain't it, okay? (laughs) This this, this ain't it. and, And look. Clown show already out here. Steel, we talked about this too, man. Right. Clowns in their full makeup and their squeaky shoes and their squirty flowers. <laughs> Look, squeaky. they already they, they already out here capping for this. Oh again, God. as the kids say, another one of the words I don't like, but whatever. Everybody uses it and everybody understands it. Capping for this garbage, trying to say that this is this is good. This ain't good. Okay. $16 a month. For game trials, demos, and the old back catalog that you already got with PS Now, yeah, it sounds like you're going to be able to download them, which is a, hey, thumbs up. We talked about it. We talked about that was one of the big things Sony was going to have to do. But for $16 a month, a dollar more than Game Pass Ultimate, you get game trials, you get demos of games. That ain't it, man. You you aren't going to cut that. And I know that this isn't finalized, like you said, Steel. Um, I believe yeah, there's yeah, probably yeah. going to be there's going to be third party deals that they cut. Right? We just saw they they you know they're they're getting Samurai Warrior Three, uh, Shadow Warrior Three. Excuse me, Samurai. Yeah, God, Samurai Warrior. on my head. <laughs> yeah, Shadow Shadow Warrior Three. They are putting that into day one, day and date into uh, PS Now. First time that they've had they've had uh, Among Us show up in PS Plus day and date, but that was the only other game that they've done that with, and they're throwing that one into PS Now. So they are def- definitely testing the waters. So I expect third party deals to also be included in this, where with PS Plus Premium you're going to get those third party day and date titles. So I do expect them to add that. Now, to what degree, I have no idea. Right. But this right here, face value, looking at at, at Grub's beautiful little uh, Excel graphic that he put together here. This ain't it, man. $16 a month. You're asking again, your rabid fan base will be cool with this. I've, again, I've already seen it from some high profile Sony dudes saying, Oh, this, this is good. This is, this is good. This is great. This ain't it, man. You're not going to draw in the crowd. You think you're going to draw and you're not going to keep people subscribed monthly to this. What you're going to have with this is, is let's say, I don't even know how this is going to work because you're going to have to discount. Look, I got to assume they're going to discount their new games that they drop in there as demos, right? We're assuming this is first party demos, right? So God of War Ragnarok comes out, right? You're paying for PS plus premium. You're going to get a, we'll just go with the EA way, a 10 hour trial of, of God of War Ragnarok, right? All your, your save will carry over, you know, all that kind of stuff, your progression will carry over all that good stuff. Okay. Are you not, you're going to have to discount God of War Ragnarok for your PS plus premium members, but then you run into a problem where people are just subscribing for PS plus premium for that one month to demo your game and then potentially buy it at a discount. If you, there's no value. No, there. there's, there, there's no value there. Yeah. The, the old game catalog is good. And again, I agree with that. 
you get some people hanging around for that that just have access to that library at all times because there's plenty of people on the PlayStation side, just like on the Xbox side, who enjoy backwards compatibility right. and like to go back and play old games. And they have an incredible library of, of old games. Okay. So the, you will have that base. But to bring new people in to continuously subscribe monthly to this, you're not going to hold, you're going to be bleeding customers, gaining customers, bleeding customers, gaining customers, depending on how you do this with this right here. It's got to have more to it, Steel. It's got to have more to it. There, this is not going to work. They're going to roughly wind up with the same amount of subscribers as they have right now at the end of the day with the, going with this model. And they actually have the potential to lose Ooh. some by trying to push people to that $16 mark out the gate because basically all you're doing is for $16, you're basically getting PS plus and PS now combined price point wise, right? $15 a month is basically what that costs right now, somewhere in there. So you're asking them to pay a dollar more to be able to download old games, but you're basically get, and add some game demos. That ain't, that's not, it's not going to work, man. You're um, adding streaming. Uh, yeah. Great. But what's your streaming going to look like? You don't have the infrastructure that Microsoft does. Even if you're using Azure servers, I doubt you have your server blades as PS5s, like Xbox has theirs as Series X consoles, right? I doubt they've upgraded that. Maybe they have, but your streaming isn't going to be great. I don't know, man. Not enough for me. Not enough for me. Not enough value. Uh, I mean, not yeah. I mean, again, that's that's my biggest thing for me. I mean, again, that's why I'm playing more so to the point that I do want to see more information come out to see what they're going to do with it again it could be beneficial to them for those who are already invested in that ecosystem but at the same time too many new games coming out that you have to offer people some something else you have to give them something another reason to want to invest and i'm not saying that they have to do it exactly like game pass but at the same time no no you can't game pass i mean they could is a, is, i mean they could but they could but uh, i don't think they're ready to do that it's gonna be a and this isn't a final form again yeah, this exactly. is just a starting point but even as a starting Almost. point i was expecting to see a little something more in here again i do expect some third-party deals to be announced that are going yeah. to drop with and this as work. well yeah, I can definitely and, and i think that could be okay to start out but they're gonna have to quickly quickly figure out how they're gonna keep people all stuck in you know around continuously subscribe because that's the only way subscription services work we already seen this with netflix you have to We're continue with right to have people yeah, exactly. With Microsoft as well. That's the only way it works. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, we're seeing it with Xbox right now, man. I mean, uh, it's it's hard to continuously grow that even though they have good growth. Um, again, they weren't planning on hitting the mark that they've hit as soon as they've hit it um, with Game Pass at this point. But even now, unless you have content that's constantly dropping in, it's going to stagnate out a bit. And it's harder to get people into those third party titles or whatever the case, second party titles, whatever the case, because they're not well known. People jump into an ecosystem for bigger games. And I mean, again, PlayStation has the sachet for it. They have the brand loyalty for it. So they have a lot that could play to their advantage. And I would love to see them use a lot of that to their advantage. Why? Because it's going to create so much competition that Xbox is going to look back over and say, all right, well, y'all using your brand loyalty. Let's 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 see what else we could do to be a little bit more aggressive. And again, if $70 billion, Microsoft's biggest acquisition of all time is company history wasn't big enough for you. I don't know what else is to let you know that they, they are, they're really looking into how to 
give you more bang for your buck, but also make money on the back end. Because again, they're, they're they're companies, man. They got to make that money. They got they got to see some some return on their investment. And I, again, I, I think they have the plan for that and everything in hand. But um, it's again, there's more rumors coming out of it. When it comes from Jeff Grubb, I feel like he. I personally think he's a reliable source. Trust his information. He gives yeah. good information. I've even researched sure. some of the some of the things that he said. Um, I've come up with some of the same things. So it's like. I have to take his words as face value, and I just I feel like he's a respectable source. So um, when he brings something like this up, I definitely want to mention it at least because it's it's, it's an interesting thing. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how that ends up playing out. Um, Absolutely. I guess the next thing to get into, we talked about this a little bit last night. Um, there's a couple things because the Steam Deck is doing well. I just don't. I haven't done a, a lot of research that I would want to do as far as the Steam Deck goes. Um, but there is that rumor real quick that there could be possibly a team up happening between um because news just came out and this is coming from gaming bolt um posted by you you said or you said excuse me if i'm saying that wrong it just came out today uh that valve is more than happy to help microsoft integrate xbox game pass with steam says ceo gabe newell uh and I'm just going to go a little bit into it and we can give a little bit of our opinions on it. Um, in a recent statement issued to PC Gamer, Valve CEO Gabe Newell talked about a potential competitor to Xbox Game Pass to accompany its latest hardware release, the highly anticipated Steam Deck. During the interview, Newell also asked, uh, talked about helping Microsoft put Game Pass on Steam. While Newell quickly denied any plans of developing a Steam Game Pass, Valve was more than willing to integrate Xbox Game Pass for PC with Steam so subscribers are able to download their games directly through Steam Storefront, much like how uh, like how is the case with EA Play. Uh, he goes on to say, I don't think a Game Pass equivalent is something that we would need to do ourselves. Building a subscription service at this time uh, building a subscription service at this time, Newell said, but for their customers, it's clearly a popular option and we'd be more than happy to work with them to get that on Steam. Uh, we talked to people where there are quite a bit uh, quite a bit about that topic, Newell added. If your customers want it, then you should figure out a way to make it happen. That's where we're at. Um, and the biggest thing, the biggest reason I wanted to kind of bring this up is because that's an important thing, man. Um, again, there's no telling how this is going to end up turning out. There's been excellent reviews said about the actual Steam Deck itself. I'm actually going to pull this up on screen so you guys can see where this is coming from. Um, but there's been a, a lot of excellent news said about this. Uh, but the Steam Deck itself is doing really well. People are saying amazing things about it. Um, it's an amazing thing for a handheld PC. Again, for something that's an all-in-one that you're going to have a lot of versatility in, uh, it's going to be a, a modder's dream. Uh, I think that this is going to be the uh, like a, a real jumping in point for it. Uh, the other thing, too, is that there is still a lot of a lot more work that needs to be done. Uh, Linus Tech Tips, another valuable resource that I like to go to just because I feel like Linus comes from a standpoint because he is in the industry. I don't agree with all his points, but because he's right there in the middle of it, in the thick of it, um, I do listen to him for his tech analysis and things like that. Um, and he did an awesome breakdown for the Steam Deck itself. Definitely check that out. Um they do still have a lot more things to work on, but for for where we're at and to get people enticed, game uh, mo like a mobile device for gaming, like a mobile PC, 
has something that the market has constantly been trying to break into. But if you do your research on it, it's like $800 plus for you to jump into the starting point for one. And that and the performance on those aren't the greatest either. Where we're seeing with Steam Deck, it seems to have everything there. Where you can get good playtime in, you got full access to your Steam library, um, you're getting the potential to have, again, Windows or Windows PC fully on a mobile device. And just uh, knowing how that opens up the potential, there's so much that could be done here and it gets me excited. Is it for me? No. I am not into mobile gaming like that. Um, I mean, yes, I'm playing Arceus right now, but even that I've kind of fell off of, um, at least at the moment, because I am playing other games. I'd rather play Elden Ring than that right now. But if I find myself on the go, like when I go pick up my daughter um, from her school or whatever the case, and I'm sitting there for 45 minutes, because, you know, you got there's a line and you want to make sure you're in a good place. Yeah, I'm going to whip out. I'm going to take the Switch with me so I can get a little game, play, game time in to kind of go from there. And it can be convenient for those who are interested in it. Hong, how do you feel about this whole Steam Deck thing? Um, especially with getting news today that Valve is more than happy, quote unquote, uh, to help Microsoft integrate Xbox Game Pass with Steam. Uh, we talked about this. Uncle Gabe knows the deal. Uh, Uncle Phil knows the deal. I think they've been talking about this for a very long time. I've seen people say, ah, I don't see this happening. I see it happening all the way. I think this has been something that's been planned. We know Phil got um, one of the early editions uh, of Steam Deck uh, long before uh, they were ever out in the public because him and him and Gabe have been hanging out together. And Gabe's the 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 relationship between Gabe and Microsoft has been mended to a certain degree. Gabe has gotten very friendly towards Xbox recently, um, lead up to the series console launches. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is perfect. This is everything. Now, again, could Xbox internally have plans for their own handheld? Certainly we've heard rumors that they've been fooling around with one. We know that a streaming type stick uh, or something uh, of that nature is coming probably later this year. We've definitely heard rumblings about that. So portability, this is just accessibility is all about what Phil is looking for right now. He wants Game Pass on as many devices as possible. He has made that statement time and time again to reach 2 billion, 3 billion people. That is what needs to happen. Steam Deck, from all the reviews, again, we'll wait and see how niche this item is. If yeah. it actually get you know, with later iterations as they come out with new versions or as the cost starts to come down, right. as it always happens with tech, maybe Steam Deck becomes this big thing. Jeff Grubb saying it's the best portable PC ever, right? It's the yeah. best, P best gaming PC, I think he flat out said, because of, because of the portability right. and how it's playing these games right now. Because again, resolution... You're going to look at the resolution numbers and go, but on that small screen, it don't matter. Uh, it doesn't, yeah. it does not matter at all. The fact that it can run God of War 2018 at a good that's clip. Crazy. That's, that's 60, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Even if the resolution's knocked down, I think it was 720 or something like that. It doesn't matter on that screen. It doesn't matter. So this could be the next big thing. Uh, again, you were just talking about steel. It, it's Linux based. So because of Linux based, 
it's got a bunch of emulators already downloaded on it, right? So like you can legitimately and that we're not even, that, that. yeah, we're still not even talking about homebrew right. or you know people who are going to get in here and mod this thing out and what you're going to be able to do. And that's not going to be for everybody. But what I'm saying is out the box, it's already very user friendly according to everybody who has tried it. They said that it has been seamless to jump into this game and start playing your Steam library. So you add Game Pass to that. Well, now you've got your handheld. And originally when Steam Deck was announced, we talked about it here still. We talked about it elsewhere. If Xbox internally does not want to jump back into the handheld market, if they look at the landscape and say, we've got mobile phones and plenty of options there. And, you know, we don't need to jump back into the handheld because the handheld market is a cutthroat business. It is very hard to get any kind of uh, traction into it, especially with something like the Switch dominating. Then we talked about it. Why not partner up with Valve? Heck, you could even do a special deal and take once they get ramped up. And of course, we all know that you know chipsets and everything else, even the lesser chipsets are very hard to come by. So Steam Deck isn't going to be fully ramped up. We've seen uh, people's reservations being pushed back by Valve now. Uh, some people were expecting their first quarter. Uh, Steam Deck is now getting pushed to quarter two already. Um but once they get wrapped up in full production, why not cut a deal with Steam and brand it the Xbox Steam Deck, have Game Pass preloaded on there, and it had be, that's your handheld. You've got a, a Xbox-branded Steam Deck. You could do it. Gabe would be open to it. And even if he's not, just the simple fact that he's saying, hey, no problem. We'll, we'll help you get Game Pass over here. It's a win-win. Again, Gabe knows the popularity of Game Pass is growing nonstop. If he can say to all the Steam Deck potential buyers out there, oh, by the way, not only do you have access to your Steam library, you're also going to have access to your Game Pass library because guess what? It's ready to rock and roll out the box. That is just another feature to add to the selling points. So it's a win-win. Microsoft gets more accessibility. Having Game Pass on another device that seems to be Right now, again, initial reviews, cost, yeah, it's expensive, but there is a, you know, there's a there's a population out there that goes and buys the latest and greatest tech too. They get the win by having Game Pass on another device that can promote it. And Gabe gets it as another selling point for his actual Steam Deck uh, out the box. Right. I think this is a great idea. I hope this is something that they have been working on behind the scenes. That's why Gabe is coming out here and saying it without saying, yeah, Game Pass is coming. Right. He's he's signaling, hey, yeah, no, we're 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 willing to help them put Game Pass over here, knowing full well that him and Phil have already had those conversations, right? And that this this is something that's coming down the road. It just makes too much sense. I mean, I don't know where the loss is. I don't on either side. I don't know what wouldn't be gained from having Game Pass yeah. available on Steam Deck. So do it. Uh great, great deal. Um, like I said, I love this relationship. I love that Gabe has seemingly mended those fences with the you know Microsoft so, because it is it, because it's new Microsoft, right? This is not the Microsoft of old that Gabe left on bad, bad terms, right? This is not that Microsoft. Everybody's changed, got all new faces. Phil and him seem to get along very well. I'm sure Gabe gets along with Satya's new vision right. as well. It's a much more friendly, open it company is. versus it the is, old days. Yeah, it is. yeah, so so I definitely think this is something that's really cool because. Like you said, Steel, we've been in speculation town before, brother. The long-term plan when Gabe wants it, when Gabe wants to walk away, first in line 
is going to be Satya <laughs> with the money bag going. Oh, yeah. What do you guys think? What do you guys think? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. a, that's a direct foothold in your PC market. Oh, and you right. have so many people who will, yeah. would, would yeah. definitely jump on that because Steam, I'll be honest, um, as someone who also plays on PC, I mean, I don't have now. It's two-sided. I don't have near the issues anybody else has as far as the Xbox store goes or the Microsoft store goes. Nowhere close. Now, have I had issues with it? Yes. Is Steam better? Yes. But, and I just feel like that would be such an advantage for them to have, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, Um, huge. (laughs) I'm going to kick this one off, and then I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. Um, But, this is going to be the last and final topic before we get into the This Day in Gaming segment. Um, awesome. And you already know, if you don't know, if you haven't been paying attention, uh, again, we kind of hit that in the beginning because we have been talking about it on and off uh, the last couple weeks, few weeks, however you want to post that. And that is going to be Call of Duty will reportedly skip an annual release for the first time in 20 years. Now, this is going to be coming from you to you from the Video Game Chronicles. Uh, so let me see if I can get that article up there. There it is. Boom. BGC, as they like to call themselves. 2023's game will reportedly be pushed back following poor sales of Vanguard. Now, again, people are saying they're of a couple minds as this kind of discussion happens. Um, I've been hearing a lot of people say that, oh, well, this is already something that was in the works and they already saw this happening and this has nothing to do with them being acquired by Microsoft. And you could be full well right. I would hope that any smart person would be able to look at their IP and be like, damn, man, maybe we're cannibalizing ourselves. But the problem for me is that if EA hasn't realized it yet, then it's hard for me to believe that a company like Activision, who has been riding on Call of Duty, especially after it's become this phenomenon, because let's face it, Call of Duty is now like the biggest IP in existence as far as like, especially console, as far as like console gaming goes, that it's hard for me to think that, oh man, maybe, maybe, that they all were already doing this. Because if that's the case, the Madden should be doing the same thing. Or Take Two should be doing the same same thing with 2K. Like, and they're not. They're still re- reiterating on these concepts. So for me to think that Activision was like, oh yeah, we, we see it. No. When you're making billions of dollars year over year, I don't know if you see it. I think you're like, oh yeah, we're just we're we're just we're gonna make our sales. These microtransactions, they're doing their thing. No, I think what you tried to do, and again, this is just me, is trying to save face as they're making this transition. Like they've been in touch here within the last decade when obviously they haven't. Because if you were in touch, you would have said, okay, well, at least to me, the thing that would have made more sense is say, hey, let's not cannibalize our own games. Hey, um, Treyarch, how about you wait to put out your game? Well, let's give us an additional year. You polish your game up some more. We want it to be the perfect game. We want it to be the best it can be. Or, hey, Treyarch, how about another two years? Or, hey, Sledgehammer, instead of you helping us with this Call of Duty, uh, 
we'll call you in on the, maybe on the back half in our last year. We gotta, we're gonna get, we're gonna take another two years to really work on this to make sure it's the best game that it can be. We want to advance the multiplayer. We want to advance the story. Now, the story thing could be debatable. Again, I know Call of Duties have been um, doing really well as far as their story modes go. But again, let's face it, we live in a multiplayer society. People play Call of Duty for the for the multiplayer more so than they do anything else. The story is an add-on, but that's not what people are looking at. And the biggest issue for me with Call of Duty and why I don't take Call of Duty seriously anymore is because Call of Duty has not evolved. Call of Duty is boring. At least the multiplayer side of it. It is extremely straight to the point they still can't get their spawn systems right um you can still easily spawn camp people like there's so many things that could be that need to be adjusted in this game that have been an issue connection has been an issue that still has not been addressed now are some games better than others hell yeah i can definitely say that this most recent modern warfare it's been a lot better but when cheating is a number one deterrent from your game like it is in call of duty especially in warzone now again i haven't played warzone in a minute so it might have gotten a lot better but when cheating is one of your one of your number one aspects and i'd say the same thing to halo say the same thing though uh 343 when it's one of your number one aspects and you're not dumping money to make sure that this is not an issue for you now you can't avoid everything because people are going Humans are humans, and people who are good at that shit are going to find a way around everything. It is what it is. People have been cheating since the beginning of gaming. We were just talking about cheat codes and everything else earlier. It's always a way to get around something. But there are things to let me know that you at least take it seriously. You're working on it. You know it's an issue. You're having open discussions about it. And I can give them a little bit of a pass over these last two years, going into three years, um, for this whole pandemic because of, well, one, I feel like QA testers should should get paid more. Uh, again, you have these people <laughs> working dumb hours to test this game for you. Again, yeah, there's an, it's, it can be an open conversation about, hey, well, you're just playing games or whatever the case. But, um, but you want people to be able to test your games, work out all the bugs, get all the issues out and everything else. But bring it back to the main point. It's hard for me to say, oh, uh, to believe that, oh, this is something they were doing anyway. When I just hadn't seen any anything on it before. Uh, and it, nothing to at least point me in that direction. Whereas now, after seemingly after this Microsoft deal, now that you have a backing, now that you have money coming in, that you don't have to worry about, oh, well, you know, uh, we, oh, we got to use Call of Duty. If we don't do it yearly, it's, I don't know if it's going to be good for us. So now where you have all the financial backing that, you're, that you need, then now, oh, it's convenient that now you're coming out. Oh, yeah, let's delay it. Yeah, let's push it out. That's super convenient to me. Now, I'm not saying like it's a bad thing because to me, Activision coming into Microsoft, Activision Blizzard coming into Microsoft is the greatest thing that could have happened to Activision. Why? Because Activision could have the Bioware effect right now where we do not know what the hell Bioware is going to do coming into their next game. Everybody is fearful what Dragon Age 4 is going to end up being. Everybody is fearful of what the next Mass Effect could end up being. Look what would happen to Anthem. 
had an ex. That is going to be the most disappointing game to me of all time. You had an idea. You had a base for a game that could have done so well. Anthem is still like if that game was getting proper support, I would definitely be playing that game because that's my fantasy. I'm gonna. I got a mech. I'm an Iron Man suit. You brought that that vision to life. You had everything there, but you dropped the ball for whatever reason. Whether it was funding, whether it was taking too long to get to it, whether um, your pub didn't see the vision in it, whatever the case, you dropped the ball. So now, in the future, it's very questionable about what kind of game that you're going to put out because we know that you're not the bioware of old you're not the bioware to put out mdx you're not the bioware to put out um the old mass effect trilogy that i now played for the first time this past year was able to play all three in succession and say damn the bioware that made this game these games are fucking they're magicians so I don't know how they did half the shit. To have a game that carries on their story through every iteration and every decision that you make matters and for it to be in, in as an in-depth and the character development is super deep, the exploration is off the chain, every, every mission that you do is meaningful and it touches you in a way that you just, you don't get in, in very many games. If that's not what we're going to get in future iterations of their titles, obviously it wasn't an anthem. There's touches of it in Dragon Age Inquisition. If that's not what we're going to get, it makes me worry about that. Whereas like with Activision, y'all have been doing all right this whole time. The only thing is you've had stipulations, you've had BS going on in the back office, which is the number one thing that needs to get addressed. And then you were putting, you were cannibalizing your own product. You've been doing this. It's like, I never understood. Why did you change it? It was fine the way that it was before. Two years getting a Call of Duty title. It felt different. Black Ops from Modern Warfare to Black Ops felt like completely two different games. Or when you go to the next Infinity War, if it felt like a completely different game. Or uh, um, is that what it's called? Inf- uh, not Infinity War is who, who made it, but uh, Infinite Warfare. Excuse me, that's the name. <laughs> Infinity uh, Infinity War. I, I was wondering sure. where you go with that. Infinite, yeah, yeah, okay. Infinite Warfare. It, it yeah. felt like a different title. Not everybody liked it. Yeah, but no. it was a different title. Ghosts felt completely different. It, those games felt different because they had time in between them. Now. I don't feel like the little to the time that they put in it was enough. So I feel like Call of Duty itself, we should get a Call of Duty title. Call of Duty. Every three years. One, every three years. So two Call of Duties every six years. The reason being for that is because you show people that you're invested for the long run. Again, quote unquote long run. We see games doing the 20, 10 year plan like Destiny has. And this recent story that they put out, it's amazing. It's like, it reminds me of Taken King. Um, but neither here nor there. But I feel like that would cause people, especially in this era of microtransactions, where all those purchases that you make in those three years feel so much more beneficial. 
that carry you so much further. And by the time that third year is up, you're ready for a new Call of Duty experience. You're ready for a new Call of Duty story. You're ready for multiplayer. Even though know, they offer the same game modes, but you're ready for something that can that feels that feels like it's the next step up. Where you see those visual, those graphical changes, and it feels just a little bit more tighter than the previous title did. And I feel like that's more important than cannibalizing as they've now realizing, quote unquote, that they're doing. So I'm gonna bring up the a few quotes out of this article and I'm gonna pass it off to you, Pong. Um, again. Activision has reportedly decided to delay next year Call of Duty game, thus marking the first time in nearly 20 years it skipped an annual release. That's according to Bloomberg, which claims the company decided to push back the release of the new Treyarch-led game after last year's Vanguard failed to meet expectations. I wonder why. But leading some executives to believe that they're introducing new versions too rapidly. Like, do y'all get how that doesn't make sense to me? Oh, now you, no, no, anyway. Activision is reportedly working on other projects to fill the gap next year, including a steady stream of additional content for this year's premium COD game and a free and a new free to play online title. Again, you're adding more work, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, a, a spokesperson for Activision told VGC, we have an ex- exciting slate of premium and free to play Call of Duty experiences for this year, next year, and beyond. Reports of anything otherwise are incorrect. We look forward to sharing more details when the time is right. Um, It was recently officially confirmed that this year's Call of Duty release will be a sequel to 2019's Modern Warfare reboot, developed by Infinity Ward. Activision is also working on a new iteration of the Battle Royale game Warzone. So, Paul, um, I also introduced this. It's from Matt Piscatella because um, this is kind of where all this is seen from because originally IGN dropped it. They were like, hey, Call of Duty games planned for 2023 has reportedly been delayed to 2024, potentially making the first year Activision has released a new mainline story entry. Matt Piscatella kind of goes on to this is kind of what's steamed up all this extra stuff behind it. Um, he's a known guy. Um, he was big back in the day and he's known for... <laughs> being accurate in some forms but not all the time um but he goes on to say this will be a huge blow to retail and to the premium gaming segment as a whole would also accelerate the shift away from premium releases where consumers purchase upfront to games supported by sales of dlc microtransactions not sure that that acceleration could be slowed afterwards he then goes on to say subscription spending growth already turning exponential and recurring spending already becoming majority of uh, spend on consoles. This will basically cause a leap forward in those trends. Big repercussions possible if true. So using it as a springboard, Paul, how do you feel about this entire situation? Um, is this kind of going to be a. Uh, <laughs> work against them as he's kind of hinting at Matt Piscatella himself or um, do you agree more so along? This is something that they need, kind of like we have also spoke on again. Um, this is exactly what we were looking for from them. Uh, how do you kind of feel about it? Okay. Uh, first of all, shout all out right. to Doom Reaper's friend who is still playing Ghosts after all these years. Yeah, exactly. Boy, wow. Doom. Hey, props off to that man. That man is loyal to the end. That was a PS4 launch. Oh, my God. That is so ridiculous. And it wasn't well received. Anyways. Uh, yeah, no, look, 
Matt Piscatella, first of all, his quotes are uh, more concerning. The, he, he's an analyst now. Uh, he's been in the industry for a long time. He's an analyst and he analyzes the retail chain uh, side of things. So his um, quotes, and he he confirmed it later on to somebody else because Mav and I were going back and forth in the DMs about this too, because if you just read his quotes, not knowing what context he's coming from, you would take it as he, if he's speaking on the franchise itself. Now he's actually speaking as far as the retail chain side and the sales go. And what he's trying to attempt to say, which isn't perfectly worded because he's using, he's using inside speak inside words. So the first thing, one of the first things we learn in, in retail and sales uh, and uh, finance is not to use uh, industry words because they can be mistaken by customers who don't understand what they mean. So he's talking about the premium when he says premium, uh, he's talking about that one upfront $60, $70 game sale, you know, with, you know, some microtransactions, obviously Call of Duty has microtransactions versus a games as a service free to play style model like Warzone um, that you can jump into any time and it's still, ha- but it's mo- monetized, you know, to all hell. Um, and what he's saying is that because Call of Duty is so big and so popular, and that it's such a gigantic force in the retail side, sales side of things, that going to this model would dramatically change the landscape because retailers rely on a Call of Duty yearly sale. And what would happen is without that yearly purchase, the customer base that normally does buy that Call of Duty every single year would in the interim or could be in the interim pushed to play more of that war zone and whatever this new free to play model game that they are working on to go along with it is going to be it could push the, that customer base into that space and then their spending habits would change because of that because they would not be spending that yearly $70 on a call of duty full release they would spend a lot of that money in the digital side of things, which would in turn affect, have that ripple effect to retail sales. Okay. So that's where Piscatel is coming from. But as far as this goes, we have spoken on this plenty of times on the call of duty. One of the first initial thoughts I had with the Activision Blizzard acquisition announcement was what if they do move call of duty to something like a biannual or an every three-year late uh, three-year release cycle, and what was interesting, and still still talked about this, and I, and I have a different take on it, whether or not Activision was actually having these internal talks prior to Microsoft and Xbox coming in with an acquisition. I think they were, and I think what was interesting is almost immediately after the acquisition, some of the first interviews that Phil had was his famous let's go uh, comment uh, in one of the articles talking about looking at all the IP, the dormant IP that Activision Blizzard has, and be able to go talk to these other studios within Activision Blizzard and to see what they were interested in working on. Now, I found it crazy that Phil was coming out so soon after the announcement and talking about that himself. But it now makes sense because they would have seen the roadmap when they were doing the acquisition talks. They would have had access to Activision Blizzard's roadmap to see what kind of the future held. Well, it's certainly possible. I'm not saying 100%. None of us will ever know. Again, this is just 
us speculating because we'll never have, you know, we'll never be privy to those inside talks. But what I'm saying is normally what happens, just like the Zenimax deal, they got to see the roadmap. So Phil would have seen the roadmap that Call of Duty was already going to skip a year because Activision had already determined internally they wanted to do that for the exact reasons they came out and said, which was was cannibalizing themselves. So if that's the case, that's why Phil would have already had the idea in his head, well, hell, if they're not going to do Call of Duty every year, these other studios don't need to be on Call of Duty, and we can go ahead and shift them to other IP. So he was already getting excited about that. That's the way I take it again. Just speculation town all over the place. None of us will ever know for sure, but that makes sense to me why Phil had those comments so early on after the acquisition. Um, So I think this may have been something they were internally planning, right? And so I think that obviously, (laughs) her dog is pong his outro coming and steal wit for dinner. Yeah, no, steal wit the bathroom. And hopefully he's not talking to us from there. Uh, No, no, Uh, no. Anyways, okay, all right. Anyways. so I think internally, yeah, this plan could have been in place. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Everybody on the outside has been asking for Call of Duty to take a break. Okay, it's time. Like Steele had great points about how it used to feel fresh all the time. And again, this was one of the other points I made about the acquisition when we started talking about the exclusivity of Call of Duty. Right. If they were already planning on going to a and a biannual triannual release with call of duty and it was no longer going to be that yearly production which activision heavily relied on as far as a money st- uh, money from a money perspective if that was already in the works or if microsoft xbox were to make that decision the exclusivity for call of duty decreases in value because yep. the overall franchise, I'm not talking. I'm not talking about revenue here, because they're going to continue to make a ton of revenue. Yeah. What I'm talking though about is about the importance of that exclusivity lessons if you're going to do that. Because then Warzone and whatever this free to play new game is, which is what Piscatel is talking about from a retail chain stand from a retail sales standpoint, goes right. That becomes your focal point, yep. which it already kind of has, 100%. but they're moving more towards that model that's why this acquisition makes so much sense call again we're only talking about call of duty here there's so much more to this acquisition this is a 20 year this is a microsoft and xbox are looking at 20 year plan with this that's why they don't care about conceding that certain titles will stay multi-plat they have zero issue with that because that's short-term view yeah they're they're looking at this long term (laughs) but since we're here and we're talking about call of duty that's why this acquisition makes so much more sense is because that model lines up perfectly with xbox and game pass it lines up 100 perfect with that it does not matter if it's multi-plat okay it's going to serve xbox and the game pass subscription model so much better if they are moving call of duty in that direction Now, Mav and I speculated on PM and the PM on Thursday. I brought this up because this is the idea. Again, I haven't dove completely into all the talk, but I I obviously I know enough and I've read enough here. But my my mind kind of flipped, Steele. What if Call of Duty is eventually moving towards a campaign only release, a mainline campaign once every two to three years? But in the meantime, 
You've got Warzone, the Battle Royale. You've got whatever this other free-to-play model is that they're going to try, and they said it's something different. What happens if you also throw multiplayer just becomes free-to-play like Halo Infinite? And your Call of Duty multiplayer is always available. It's an ever-expanding games-as-a-service free-to-play model, which they just continuously update. Right, you could have all the different types, like you were just talking about steel. Every Call of Duty used to feel different, right? It kind of stagnated. So, once they move to this model, and you've got different areas where you can play different versions, or like Battlefield's Portal, and I know everybody's hating on Battlefield right now, or you got a port, but right, you've got a portal model for Call of Duty where you have access to reimagined maps from all the old Call of Duties in there that you can play. And they continuously do, let's say, my idea was seasons. Maps that just kind of have open areas open kind of all the time, not to fragment the player base, but just to give people different kind of ways to play as they want to. But my idea was was almost like seasons, like you have a black ops season. Yeah. And it's it's focused on the black ops version of Call of Duty because that feels different, right, from a modern warfare. Then you have a modern warfare season and you rotate those throughout the year, expanding, adding new maps, bringing in the old revision maps. And all of a sudden now you have a living Call of Duty multiplayer sitting right next to your Battle Royale and Warzone and sitting right next to whatever this free to play is. But Call of Duty multiplayer always is evolving. How cool would that be to have that sitting there? And then once every two to three years, you launch a brand new single player, full blown campaign that everybody gets to enjoy based upon some story. And then you have maps from that story drop into this games as a service multiplayer. Right? See, I like that. And I, and I like yeah. that idea mainly because before it seemed like they were in competition with each other. Right. Whether it was Treyarch or Infinity Ward or whoever else got involved. It felt like there was competition, which is why people got excited. I've always been more of an Infinity Ward fan because they've always got it right. Um, But, not to say all the games are perfect, but they typically get it right. Um, But it seemed like there was competition there. Was it with friendly competition, whatever the case? It seemed like a lot more than that back in the day, even though they were under the same house. Whereas now, you're blatantly not in competition with each other anymore. So that makes complete sense of going a season pass route, making multiplayer forever accessible, making war zone two. If that's going to be, if the, if the rumors on that is true, it's only going to be next gen only. And you got whatever the case might be, make that fully accessible. And then, yeah, you get those stories every season. That would be dumb dope. And then also what you're doing, you're combining the two together and helping each other create these off the chain experiences. It's right. not just one team versus another, which I'm probably sure they were going hand in hand helping each other out anyway. Yeah, they were. Of course they were. They were. But yeah. at the same time, if it's not going to be competition, seem like competition anyway, you might as well just combine forces, get everybody together. No, it just doesn't have, you guys can become one studio if you want to be, or if you want to keep it separate, wait, say you're teamed up with each other and just make Call of Duty the best it can possibly be. Because that's at the exactly. end of the day, that's all that matters. 
Yep. If you, and you do have it, people constantly invested in that ecosystem, ready constant, to, ready to spend money, ready to spend, whether it was skins over on the multiplayer side, whether it was skins in Warzone, you could eventually combine the two. So skins could transfer. So that would entice people even more to spend money saying, Hey, if I buy something here, I could use it over Warzone. Sweet. Even better. Right. You could do exactly. so many different things to keep that ecosystem going, but why not at this point again, yeah, it was a gigantic moneymaker for Activision. And yes, that yearly release at full price was a huge moneymaker. And people are going to say, yeah, but you spent $70 billion. Why would you give up that upfront money? Because long term, long, it's not about that long term. And for Microsoft and Xbox, of course, money matters. But if you're looking 10, 15, 20 years down the road, it's irrelevant. <laughs> that's totally different, right? It's a completely irrelevant. You turn Call of Duty into a living, breathing space like they have with Warzone. You turn their multiplayer into an ever-expanding kind of universe, part of that metaverse that Xbox is trying to get to at some point. Sati himself has talked about it. Yeah. Why not start with one of the biggest franchises out there Call in video game easy. history and do it? And create this living experience where people can just jump in as they please, spend money as they please on this ecosystem. Bro, that's a big win in my book right there. That's a big potential right there. I, I just, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Again, like, this is the point that we've gotten to. When titles have been around, been around for too long, this is the problem that you face. Like with the sports titles, it's like that with Call of Duty, it's like that with Halo, it's like that with Destiny. Bungie does not want to make a Destiny 3. They will if they need to, but they do not want to. That's why their games have these 10-year plans. Why not just update the game that you have, make it better year over year, and create an experience that people could jump into? That is, it's crazy because you know, Facebook tried to come out with the whole metaverse thing first, trying to say it's all virtual reality space where Microsoft is really taking the reins on the term and making it more so for IPs. Oh, this IP has a metaverse. You just jump into it. You have access to everything. Multiplayer, yep. campaign, war zone, whatever you want. Skins carry over into everything. Yep. That is the perfect experience for all of that. All of it. And that would be an amazing thing to see. Again, this could be another one of those scenarios to where maybe we see it. Yeah. And they don't see it yet. But it's maybe. obviously they do. Yeah. Because of what they're working towards. Now, yeah. obviously, it's not that not that close because they're still no. trying to keep them separate. Yeah. It's gonna be like, a, yeah. It's gonna Forza. be a time period of blending and, and exactly. yeah, just like Forza, exactly. Just like, like all Forza, these big franchises. GT, whatever the case yep. may be, stop yep. re stop reiterating these games. Stop it. You can't there's only so many numbers. For I mean, Gran Turismo ten with an X does not sound good to me. Just call it <laughs> Gran Turismo. Forza Horizon sixteen doesn't sound great to me. Just Forza Horizon. The Forza Horizon, call it the Forza Horizon universe. Call it the Call of Duty universe. Call it what it, see, yeah, that sounds pretty dope, C-O-D-U. Wow, these games now have their own universe. That sounds like such an amazing idea to me that can really be capitalized on and that they would make so much more money because people would be willing to invest. Correct. Where you get your car court, like, 
hardcore, quote unquote, enthusiasts like me, who, yes, when I get these games, that all that stuff sounds enticing. But if I know I'm gonna get a next another game next year, I'm not gonna spend the money for that cosmetic item. That makes no right. sense. Right. Because I know I'm gonna lose exactly. it. Right. So and exactly, Shizno, exactly. That's exactly what they're doing with Halo Infinite. So I use that as an example. Microsoft and Xbox are already starting to dabble in this idea and halo infinite was one of their first forza motorsport is probably going to be their yeah. next from everything we're hearing where we start to see not every game is going this route so if the people no, out no, there no, no. screaming i don't want games in there i don't want living world just give me my one the one and done experiences are still going to yeah, be out there you've already heard todd howard talk about Ooh. how how they understand that the multiplayer and all that kind of stuff is cool, but they are still a studio who focuses and has mastered that single player right. experience, that one and done kind of experience. Not every game has to be social. Not every game has to be a games as a service or a free to play model. Not every game is going to be like that. We're still going to have that. Sony's still going to continue to do what they do best right. with their games. We're just going to see them add more multiplayer experiences at the end of the day to keep people engaged. But certain titles like Call of Duties, your Halos, Forzas even have the potential to evolve into this ever living universe where updated constantly, not a new iteration, but just constantly updated with new stuff. And then once eventually tech gets to a point where they've taken a leap and they need to redo it, then you come out with like a Warzone 2.0, exactly. right? Current gen yeah. only. That's when you move. But in the meantime, you just keep people involved constantly people can jump in jump out buy money spend money here spend money there like steel just got done saying it's more enticing for people to continuously spend money into something that they know they're going to be playing five years from now potentially versus something that they know next year the stuff that they just bought is no longer available to them right that's the point of this and i think that they, they are experimenting with this and that's why i see call of duty going this route but i am excited for halo infinite yeah. i've said that from the beginning shiz now even though i'm not a big halo fan i still think it's exciting that they could all of a sudden come out one season with a total story expansion that gives us a whole new look at a halo infinite story that we never knew about right. and at the same time keep adding over here to the multiplayer with new maps new new uh, ways to play all that kind of stuff that kind of expansion out through this supposed 10-year plan they have for halo infinite that's what excites me and i could see the same for call of duty see the same for forza i can see the same for a lot of these big franchises out there it doesn't have to be the be all end all model no. but man a call of duty that was just continuously evolving multiplayer oh wise and then come out with I yeah come out with an explosive campaign once every couple years oh man that'd be so cool take us in a new direction add some new maps man that'd be so cool yeah. I, I would love that that would be awesome yeah yeah just work on your file size because we can't have a 300 gig game um one game can't be 300 gigs man like yep that's not okay it's, it's, right. it's just right. not no matter how you yeah. spin it if you're going to give me ways to uninstall stuff don't make other things necessary for me to keep these other aspects of the game yeah i said right. i said oh, that our rdx God. and and hopefully the new engine that they're creating uh, yeah. eliminates that so, I hope so yeah yeah yep yep um Ladies and gentlemen, I think that was another amazing topic that we just blew out of the water. Uh, sorry for my dismissal to the restroom. I had to definitely uh, <laughs> see if the Browns went to the Super Bowl. But with that being Whoa. said. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> 
getting graphic up in here. All right. No, no, no. I'm talking about the, like the Cleveland Browns. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I, know they, they, I heard that. I heard they did decent. Uh, they probably didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but ladies and gentlemen, this is the time where we do get into the this day in gaming segment, um, otherwise known as the make pong feel old segment. Um, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, the biggest thing for me is that gaming is art and should be treated as such. Again, we like to go back and kind of what we touched on earlier, see where we've kind of come from throughout the years and uh, use that to kind of compare to where we are today. As I always find that every time that we do this segment, um, there's always games that are in here that are like, damn, you think about how those games looked, how they played, what systems you played them on, um, and see how we kind of play games today and how games look today. Like, even if you say, oh, Elden Ring isn't the most beautiful game, but when you boot that game up and you compare it to, so let's just say Soul Reaver from back in the day, you're like, wow, we, we've jumped like mounds um, and made leaps and bounds in, in the transition in gaming and everything. And this is why we say this is the golden age of gaming. Um, and kind of move forward from there. Just got to say, everybody's having a problem with your too much information. Splendiferous <laughs> is coming after you. Nick said pause. Look, yeah, that's what I thought, too. I, I thought we got a little graphic there, boys and girls. Uh, but uh, okay, okay, Steel's okay. going to claim he was just talking about straight up NFL. Yeah, so that was whatever. just NFL. That was just, I was it's about all our, our brain's problem. Yeah, that, was right? We're football. the ones you who guys, thought that. Yeah, you guys are going exactly. crazy, man. Oh. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this This Day in Gaming segment. All right. And for, for whatever reason, it's not quite pulled up on my end, but it's fine because I have it pulled up right here. Ooh. All right. So we're starting this time um, again, February 26th. We're starting in 1998 this time around. What were you doing in 1998, Paul? 1998, I would have been, uh, what, 23? Somewhere around there. Yeah, 23. So yeah, I would have been... Uh, a bad boy. Yeah, I would have been a bad boy at that time. I would have been partying <laughs> like a rock star, uh, like the world, like I was never going to get old. And um, yeah, I would have like been a playing. a rock star? No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been definitely partying like a rock star days. <laughs> Literally partying like a rock star. That's funny. Without the rock star part. Uh, rock star, anyways, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that would have been a good time, man. Wow, 23. Jesus. All right, 98. Starting off 24 years ago with PlayStation, you have Tenchu Stealth Assassins. That release in Japan. So good. So damn good. I know Sekiro came out of it, but I really yeah, wish but- it I, I, I wish From would sell the Tenchu license or something so that we could get an actual Tenchu game. So oh, that would be it was so dope. good, man. It's so dope. Yeah. Uh, and then Sega Dreamcast. Shout out to the Dreamcast. In 2001, released Record of Lodos War. Amazing. Uh, one of my favorite animes of all time, uh, okay. Record of Lodos War. Uh, never got the praise it should have. That should have been a continuous series that we have seasons of. Unfortunately, back then, anime wasn't as popular. It was a one-and-done kind of series, but, man, Record of Lotus War, high fantasy anime, elves, dragons, freaking awesome, awesome. And the games, the RPG, uh, the RPGs that they came out with for it uh, were amazing. Um, and they just came out with that. Uh, I forget the full name of it, but that Castlevania ripoff, that Deedlet 
game that came out that everybody was praising that showed up on Game Pass out of the blue, and it's a complete Castlevania game. God, I forget the name of it now. Anyways, the main character, Deedlet, uh, she's from Record of the Lotus War. She's the elven okay, archer nice. in that. Yeah. yeah. Nice. A little All backstory right. there for you. Yeah, that was dope. <laughs> I actually did not didn't know that. that was yeah, dope. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then on 2003, we have PlayStation 2 release, Xenosaga Episode 1. Der, uh, my, I'm going to try to use some, uh, some German here. Der, der Welle zur Macht. Der Welle zur Macht. I'm not familiar with that title, but all right. I would Zeno Saga is obviously awesome, but I don't know that one in particular at all. I thought Zeno Saga isn't that Japanese? Yeah. And then it has it a is. German title? Yeah. That's, that's really weird. I don't know. I, I guess so I might have to look that one up. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, and maybe it was that version of the game. I don't, maybe it was a German version of the game. I don't know. Um, definitely something to look into. See, that's, that's an amazing thing. Um, then you had 2004, PlayStation 2, Onimusha 3, Demon Siege, at least in Japan. That's the Onimusha fans. I heard that was an amazing Love game. Love Onimusha. Never they didn't do any justice with the uh, up the HD version that they did. They didn't fix anything, which they should have because it's a great series. And that's, that's another one that deserves to come back to. So then in 2008 PSP release Petapon. Okay. Whatever that is. And then PC released the Sims two free time. Nice. Sims two, man. I, I remember that 2009. PSP released Dynasty Warriors Strike Force. Dynasty Warriors, man, can't can't get enough of it. Good game. Uh good games. 2009, also Xbox 360 released Halo Wars in Japan. Awesome. Uh, Halo Freaking Wars. Absolutely amazing. Solid. Uh, not not my style of Halo, but they're definitely good games. PlayStation 2 released the King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match. Xbox 360 released Way of the Samurai 3 in Japan. And then PlayStation 3 released Yakuza 3 in Japan. That was a good little year right there. I like that. Yeah, that was a really good year. Then in 2011, there's going to be some 3DS titles, so shout out to those who are 3DS gamers. Nintendo 3DS released in 2011, so shout out to the 3DS. Um... Well, I tell you what, Nintendo in that handheld, in those handheld years, they got the the shit out of my brother. Every new handheld <laughs> that they got, he was like, oh, I, I need that one. Oh, I, I need that one. And there were like reiterations on the same device. Right. That was, that was, that was, that was a funny time. Um, 3DS also released Nintendo Dogs and Cats, Golden Retriever and New Friends. Shout out, shout out to Mike Minotti and Jeff Grubb again. They do the they do the Nintendo dogs. That's <laughs> yeah, a fact. Show. That is a fact. Uh 3DS also released Professor Layton in the Miracle Mask. Nice. Um, they also released Street Pass Me Plaza. And then they released Super Street Fighter 4 3D edition in Japan. Hey, uh, Steel, just quick side note. Record of Lotus War, Deedlet in Wonder Labyrinth is the full title of that game I was trying to think about. If anybody likes Castlevania, is a big Castlevania fan, go play that game. Uh, it, it's basically just a ripoff of Castlevania, but it's got new mechanics, and there's okay. a lot of Castlevania fans 
uh, like Jeff Grubb. Uh, Jeff Grubb's a Jeff huge Castlevania is. fan. He played that game and absolutely fell in love with it um, because it's so much like Castlevania, yet it has some new and different stuff in it. So, yeah, and it's really well done, uh, really well polished. So go nice. try that out. I typed it in chat, too. So Nice. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Then in 2013, PlayStation 3 released Dynasty Warriors 7 Empires. Mushu's uh, Empire is a little more strategy, but yeah, a more strategy. I heard the new one didn't cut it either. I heard a lot of Damn. people were upset with that one. Yeah, Damn. just came out. It's hard to proceed. Progress with those. Yep. Um, 3DS release Etrian Odyssey Four: Legends I've of the talk- Titan. I've talked about Etrian Odyssey here. One of the one of the under the radar great great dungeon crawling old school type. RPGs, Etrian Odyssey is one of those titles that should be everywhere. Uh, it's just underappreciated because it's been basically uh, locked into Nintendo's handhelds this entire time. But if they ever did a full console release, it would be big. I'm telling you, uh, old yeah. school, but it's awesome. It's so good. The character development, everything in there, the classes are awesome. Everything about that game is just sweet. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yep. Um, yep. Then in 2013, PlayStation 3 released The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim Dawnguard. There goes some more of your Ace. Skyrim love. I gotta get that DLC. Hey. I'm good at that too. I love it. This day in gaming seems to be like a Dynasty Warriors day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, right? What the hell? They like to, they like to launch their games on this day specifically. Uh, yeah, it gotta be. God damn. Um, February 26th of 2015, they released Dynasty Warriors 8 Empires. That's, that's the third one. Oh, Lord. Um, and then in 2016, hey, shout out to uh, Lady. I believe this is going to be one to throw her away. Yeah. Uh, Lady AF on Twitter, if you don't know. Um, PC release Stardew Valley. Shout out to that game. Never going to get into those, but hey. Nope, neither did I. Um, then in 2019, PlayStation 4 released Stellaris Console Edition. So freaking good. good. Yeah, Grand good Space Strategy. Jez hates it on console he claims that they did not do a good job with the controller because obviously this was a keyboard but this was a pc grand strategy space like all complex stuff that you have to do jez hates the controller he, he, he talks about an xbox 2 all the time that he does not think paradox this is another paradox game um the paradox is the one doing uh king of uh crusader kings 3 as well um he he claims they did they didn't do a good job look it took me about it's a game that you have to you have to play a lot of to get used to, right? To get okay. used to the controllers. But if you're into strategy games, I'm telling you, Stellaris is fantastic on console. It took me about three hours to get the controller okay. mapping nice. down and to understand because it is. It's a, it's a heavy game. Talk about politics involved, all that kind of stuff. They have a ton of expansions that they brought over to console as well. Excellent, excellent game. Graphics got updated to series uh, uh, graphics as well. They enhanced them fantastic looks absolutely beautiful on the big screen uh great game anybody looking for strategy out there nice okay yeah that's that's, that's pretty dope yeah yeah it is uh and then playstation 4 also released the lego movie 2 video game the lego movies are actually really good i'm not gonna lie Uh, me that's just me um and then in 2021 nintendo switch released bravely default 2 another game that deserves to be everywhere Oh, okay, nice. Legit, Bravely Default. Uh, okay. Yeah, Bravely Default. 
is old school Final Fantasy from some of the original creators. Okay. Uh, done by Silicon Studios, published by Square Enix, of course. Nice. Um, they really need to bring those games everywhere. They've been only on Nintendo three, uh, the handhelds, the 3DS. Oh no, it came to Switch. Excuse me, it did come yeah, to Switch as well, right. handheld. Uh, but yeah, no game that if you love JRPGs, the classic style Final Fantasy, right up there with them. Uh, great, great game. I played the again. My kiddos owned. Uh, my kiddo owned a 3ds at one point and so i every once in a while would grab one of the, the games and play them so um great game great game can't say enough about it love that nice. game nice yep. well ladies and gentlemen this is that was your this day in gaming segment uh again Gaming is art should be treated as such, no matter how old the games are. Um, again, I, I definitely just love the fact that not only myself, but also Pong is able to accept games for what they are, um, that we're able to look back, that we're not just all about AAA games and it has to fit some this certain standard or it doesn't fucking matter. No. Um, I love the fact that we just approach the industry from a passion standpoint um that we also take we always take that that step back and look at everything from like an overlord kind of view and see how these different things are operating and how they could operate and the different angles that could be taken and just overall just bringing our own opinions again is one of the it's one of the biggest reasons why i love doing this show um overall and then also love doing it with pong man um because now he does have the knowledge but at the same time um he has an amazing perspective uh that i value because it's it's very similar to me uh again i always like to tell people i did i did have the perspective on games at one point and i mean it's still for me and I still carry that on that uh if it, unless I had a multiplayer to it that I wasn't really necessarily about it, but I never felt that, oh, all these other games were completely irrelevant. No, I, I never felt that way. Um, I always understood that there was a reason for the bigger picture, uh, that, it, that the gaming was about a lot more than just, oh, it's just about me and my opinions. No, because that's an easy conversation to have. If you're just gonna ask me what I think about specific things, we're going to have a short conversation and you're not going to be able to sway me because I've been doing this for too long. Now, giving me a perspective or giving me a different angle, just like you could do with any other subject about anything in the world. That's an amazing thing because we as humans have a hard time accepting different opinions and being able to do that, especially in this space, um, it's such an amazing thing, and I and I and I I'm always look forward to Saturdays or just any time that I can do this uh, outside of getting in my game time um, to be able to do these things. So that's that's an amazing. I can't say enough about that. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, to start my outro off, I am one of your hosts again, Steel Rain, otherwise known as I Steel Rain. I the T is a seven. You can type that anywhere where there's a search bar, and you will find me. Um, I, I know somebody asked me yesterday, Steel, do you regret throwing that seven in your name? No, um, I'm I did it for a reason because, well, one back in the day, I wanted to make it easier for people to just say S7 because for whatever reason, people have a hard, hard time saying Steel Rain or seeing that that last part of my name said rain instead of region which i still don't understand to this day um rain and region are spelled completely different from each other but 
nonetheless or when people say stealular or whatever else the case there's just a lot of different names that they used to throw out there for me so i wanted to do s7 not only that but i was trying to do a little bit of future proofing for myself branding wise um i like the way that s7 looks as far as a logo goes i want to be able to get that on shirts and i want it was at one point where i wanted to get it as a chain i like the it kind of reminds me of like the superman logo um a little bit even though i'm not a superman fan i've always been a fan of the way the logo itself like you can't beat that you can't beat the way that logo like that's undeniable like you can't beat the way that that looks and i think throwing that seven in there makes it a little bit more makes it makes it more dope at least for myself uh wandering dutch says only four hours a day boys light work hey man <laughs> exactly still, for, it, for a week with for a week with no big news look yeah, at exactly look at what we do and look we still we made do. it happen yeah. um and yeah shiz no exactly it's not still region it's the region it's not no 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 it's not but no but a hundred percent um yeah you can find me anywhere anywhere there's a search bar type that in i still rain i the t is a seven um and we can chop it up and then dms on youtube google xbox playstation even though i don't have a playstation currently um that is my name over that in direction so definitely look me up um other than that right here every saturday 9 a.m central 10 a.m eastern 3 p.m uk time uh you can find me right here with my brother from another punk so give you that live raw uncut authentic passion energy to get your weekend started and that you're not going to find anywhere else within this youtube streets twitter streets wherever else hey man there's nobody giving it to you the way that we're giving it to you but with that being said pong feed it to the people let them know where they can find you <laughs> yeah fantastic show my god i can't believe we've been doing this for four hours i can't believe it man it doesn't feel that way like legit I can't believe it. Uh, what a great show. Steel, thank you for all that you do, brother, in the background each and every week. This man is up at like 3 a.m. getting the show ready. Uh, just crazy. He's working on zero hours of sleep because he was playing Elden Ring uh, until he started working on the show. The man is incredible. He's a beast. Uh, thank you, brother Steel, for everything you do, man. Uh, love you. And uh, this has been another great show. Chat, you all were amazing. A great discussions in there. Again, that's what we love to bring. We welcome all opinions. We'll talk about them uh, as long as they are healthy, as long as they are constructive, and as long as it doesn't get personal in here. This is what we're about. Love seeing all of you come by uh, each and every week for us. Please continue to share us out. Help us on our mission to 1K. Again, Steele and I aren't trying to buy subscriptions. We're not trying to do any of the stuff that other channels may decide to do. We're trying to do this organic uh, as Steele always likes to say, we're trying to just do this and bring people here that want to listen to us that, again, if you're not around for the full four hours, that's cool. Not a big deal. Whenever you get a chance to listen to us, listen to us, but bring other people on by, see if they like what they're hearing here. That's what this is about. But love you all. Thank you all. Nothing but respect uh, each and every time for each and every single one of you. Otherwise, Pong Soul, Xbox so Twitter, you know the drill there. Tonight, the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam. Please, if you have an opportunity, stop in over there on PTK Blam's uh, channel and show. Uh, we have an awesome time at night, uh, just ending the Saturday right, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central Time. Uh, and then otherwise, 
back on Tuesday, Xbox Factor Podcast, Double Barrel Gaming, Mr. Boomstick. I may not be there this week. I'm trying to confirm uh, real life comes into play sometimes, but otherwise, check us out always there. You know you're going to get a great show about all things green. 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Mav, if he's available, will be there. Archimedes, Mr. Joanna Dark, uh, Mr. Boomstick just added VJ to the group. That's right, VJ, Viewpoint Gaming, who comes with incredible knowledge, uh, yeah, inside does. knowledge from being in the industry, involved in the industry, uh, and just a complete uh, human walking dictionary, right? A walking human dictionary. So come by, check out Xbox Factor Podcast. Thursday nights, PM in the PM over on Fun Speculations channel. Pong and Mav in the PM. Normally a two-man show. We have, have had some guests on there. Kind of like this show. We're just going to deep dive one, two, maybe three topics at a time. Me and Mav getting down to business. Thursday nights, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time. And then back at it, Xbox Ultimate also on Fun Speculations channel. Friday night, last night, brother from another steel showed up. I was I was I was late as I have been because Friday nights have been crazy. Plus, I had some dog problems when I got home. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I, I turn it on. I don't. I'm not even looking at it. And all of a sudden, I hear Steele's voice, and I'm like, "What? Steele didn't tell me he's showing up on Xbox Ultimate tonight." I'm like, "What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it was a surprise. It was a nice surprise. So, Xbox Ultimate Friday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time. The Great Eight, or however many can show up there. We always have a great time. It. Who knows what you're going to hear on that show? So, yeah. join us Friday nights. <laughs> Otherwise, be back here next weekend, of course, on Living Split Screen. Thank you all for listening uh, to us. Episode 46 is in the books. Again, Golden Age Gaming is here. We're having a great time talking about all this crazy news, speculating on it, trying to read the crystal ball. But overall, we're here to enjoy what's happening. Uh, so again, don't let anybody take away your hype or your excitement for whatever you're playing, whatever you're looking at down the road of coming uh, your way. Don't let anybody steal that hype. Don't get involved in that negativity. Protect your energy. Play what you love. Love what you play. I'll talk to you all real soon. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for tuning in. Again, definitely hit that like button on your way out. Definitely share us out. Hit that notification bell so you definitely know when we go live from this point forward. And uh, y'all have an amazing weekend. Stay great. Stay godly. And again, like I say, keep it live, raw, not a cut. Peace!